Hello. Uh, so last week's episode didn't just get demonetized. It got blocked worldwide, like immediately. Uh, not because we said the cunt word like a hundred times, but because we showed the Beavis and Butthead clip. So we had to edit that out to get it viewable again. So that was hilarious. Uh, welcome to Token Minority Report on Unsafe Space. I am your minority, Beverly J. Clark. And here with me tonight is my co-host, the newly discovered eighth wonder of the world, Alex Maselli. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Uh, apparently we are not streaming on Rumble. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Fix it later. Fix it in post. How are you doing? Uh, yeah. I think I'm getting sick. Like, oh no! It's like getting worse every day. Yeah, um, you said you weren't feeling well on Tuesday, but like it's an actual. Yeah, you know, like illness. someone I know was sick, and because someone they knew was was sick, so it's like falling down <laughs> towards me. Oh. I don't know who it could go to after me. I don't talk to anybody else in person, so I'm like, yeah. I think it ends here. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay, well, that's good. I get, well, unless it, like, transfers to your cats. Watch out, Missy. Yeah, really. (laughs) It's late. I was just noticing I'm looking yellower than usual with my Asian skin. I don't know why I look so yellow. (laughs) Um, I like Johnny Boy, quick job, posted this earlier. I like to send, I'm waiting for the prequel, Strange Things, (laughs) which made me giggle earlier. Um, Oh, JB says it's your fault that he's sick. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, transferring through live streams. Yes. That's a thing. <laughs> and what does this say? A Asante Samuel 13. Just finished the finale today. Yeah, um, we are going to get into Stranger Things and the Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie. Um, first, I'll note that for Stranger Things, I thought it was the series finale. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, this seems like there's going to, bless you, going to be you. more <laughs> to this. Well, they yeah. had said that they were done at four seasons and then okay. money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's so, more. It definitely seemed like this is leaving some things, you know, left hanging. So, yeah, I'm glad that there will be a season five because they did not wrap up at all. But um, hello, Tatsusama. Uh, but yeah, before we get into that, I just wanted to say happy belated Independence Day to everyone. That was on the 4th of July, for those who are unaware. Um, how was yours, Alex? Uh, okay, I I streamed Destiny 2, and I put on a red, white, and blue shader. And it was funny, because I have a lot of international viewers, uh, on, oh, yeah. because it's gaming. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> like a couple of Google... People were like, "Why is your uh, your warlock red, white, and blue?" And I was like, "Well, because it's Independence Day here in <laughs> the U.S." And uh, so I'm like, "Oh, happy Independence Day for you then." So it was it was good. I got a lot done in that stream. Um, I think it was no, that wasn't my wanderer stream. Like, I, there was one day that like one Saturday where my internet just went put, so I streamed three hours the next Monday, and that was kind of like long my longest stream is like four hours long playing and i get tired like yeah yeah i was thinking like just physically trying to like i think my eyes would get too tired trying to to you know focus on that for that long well what happened though is that on monday my hands started cramping (laughs) like towards the end of the stream like it wasn't 
it wasn't any like more work than I normally did, but it turned out, this happens every once in a while that my, uh, my watch had turned on the optical oh. heartbeat monitor and yeah. that always messes up my joints in my, mm-hmm. in my arm. So I remember you like, mentioning that before. Yeah. yeah. Which freaks me out. <laughs> I know it doesn't happen to everybody, but I think there's, there are people who have a, like a, um, a genetic predisposition to rheumatoid arthritis, like the optical heartbeat monitors, like will affect them, whether or oh. not they actually have a diagnosis of uh, RA. So, okay. Weird. Well, I don't wear any technology. I wear duct tape <laughs> bracelets. So it's like a <laughs> not technological because I always broke the bracelet. I need to wear something on my wrists because I feel like the OCD, I need to have something on there, but then I break the bracelets. So then once I start like duct tape, like that's cheap and, and it doesn't break or I can remake <laughs> new ones if something else. So it's been working for me for the last decade or so. <laughs> uh mm-hmm. I what I do? Oh, I wanted to show pictures because I went shooting on on the fourth, uh, and I'm going to show people the guns that we have. <laughs> if I remember how to do this, um, for some reason, Streamyard like stops doing when you did tab. You could you used to be able to switch back and forth, but now it doesn't let you switch between tabs. Uh, so that's been a bummer. I have to share the whole window. Technology. Ah, that's annoying. Yeah. So this is the AR-15. Um, so that one is one of my favorites now. I just got it. I got it for my birthday last year. My dad and I built it. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> um, and wait, how do I switch this? I'm such a boomer. Um, <laughs> this one here is the, I don't know if these words are in the right order. It's Henry 22 Magnum Lever Action Octagon Barrel Golden Boy. Uh, <laughs> It's sort of like some video game names where you <laughs> transplant them and it would be like just as much sense to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I can make out, I can parse out like what each what each thing means. I just don't know if that's like the right order, if that's whatever. <laughs> and then I had my bow um, that oh, I hadn't nice. shot in forever. It's a compound, and I it's on the weak side of things because I can't I can't pull. <laughs> I never fired a compound. I had a longbow. Um, see i'm too weak for that wasn't very long honestly because they make them as short as like 13 inches um they still uh you know they have quite a pull on them even at 13 inches honestly yeah Um, i'm like i went to there's an archery place here in town that you could actually practice inside and stuff and take get range time and i used to go there um and they had this one event that I went to where they like put balloons up and I like, and the goal was to try to pop the balloons. And like, uh, at one point I popped a balloon in the lane over, (laughs) (laughs) not a great shot with a bow because I haven't done it much, but, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. I did eventually pop the one in my lane. (laughs) Nice. Well, I think I've done that with a bowling ball before, like where it, I don't know what happened. Oh, yeah. I feel like somehow like it slipped and it bounced in the other lane or yeah, something like that. But um, <laughs> I was surprised. I stopped doing when I used to do the bow, I like would close the one eye and, and do like the way that they tell you. But then I stopped doing that after I watched like this video of like this master archer or something. And he was just like, <laughs> like uh, shooting at whatever tarp or something. And he had both eyes open and whatever it was, I was like, well, 
I will start just doing it more by like muscle memory. And I, and I like that way more too. So like I keep both eyes open and it's just kind of practicing until I figure out like, okay, this is the distance. This is where I need to, but, but I, I never think- practice. So I lose it. <laughs> I do think, uh, when it comes to aiming, sometimes people rely too much on their eyes and not enough on where they are physically. Because mm-hmm. like, I think that that matters a lot. Um, Again, with bowling, I do the same. Th- that's what like I and I love I love the pra- like if I could, I would just practice. And I have, I guess, for like hours of like bowling. I'm like, well, I just want to get and like find that that specific spot like where my arms need to be and, and for that and and the bow too but again I get into it for a while and then I stop and then I just lose it <laughs> so oh Mr. Sparkle Gleam also says that it's octagonal barrel mm. um, he would know it's his gun so <laughs> I uh, I love bowling I grew up bowling really? my dad like was like in in a local league like number one several times so like he started us young with bowling and yeah. it, I was in bowling leagues my entire childhood I was when I was little I was like a little junior when I was like super super little like I, my mom was a bowler and then I, I know I had like a bowling ball and I was like six it was cool it was like purple and blue which are my nails that I happened to paint <laughs> uh but uh yeah and I always wanted I it's one of those things where it's like I love it when I'm, I forget how much I love it until I'm doing it and I'm like I should do this more often and then I don't swimming uh <laughs> t- but uh I wish you lived closer because then we can <laughs> go bowling, go bowling and do yeah. other things too though yeah I know it would be quite a trip for us to go bowling together <laughs> <laughs> maybe we could find uh a game of elf bowling or something yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh, oh, Tree Goblin. Hello. I saw him in JDA's stream earlier today, too. Stop gatekeeping, mm-hmm. Carter. I know. He uh, he loves Carter. Loves him mm-hmm. way more than me. Or <laughs> more than he loves me. I don't know whether he loves Carter more than I love Carter. Probably. Yeah, I love <laughs> Carter. Uh, the other day, who I think, oh, it was when Elle was on narrative distance with Carter after we were chatting and then uh Carter was saying about this show too and he's like I don't know what you guys talk about in there and I said mostly just make fun of you a lot so (laughs) yeah definitely Uh, I mean he's been kidnapped by uh leisure time this week so that's why I'm not seeing him (laughs) AK yeah one of us gets to go on vacation hope you're having fun (laughs) Carter uh oh so the other thing I could I have to stop sharing and then reshare. I want before we get into Stranger Things, I just want to share. People were sending me this duck video on Twitter, and it was adorbs. So <laughs> let's see if I can figure out how to play it. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Is that duck wearing shoes? Yes. 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 No, no. I, since it's white, it would, some sort of domestic. I don't know what breed it is, but yeah, it definitely has some sort of footwear going on, and seems to be very much enjoying running in this <laughs> race. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that, that was so cute. And uh, 
I want to say that people were sending it with good intentions and they weren't sending it to mock my duck who can't even walk. Oh. So. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> hope that's be... true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't think so. I do feel bad because the that duck is, um, he's a runner duck. So then he just <laughs> can't even walk. So it's embarrassing, but he's getting better. He's been a fit. They stay outside since it's so bright out. If you were inside, I'd show you how gigantic they are. They are huge now. Uh, at least the other one, the black one, is huge because he was so small comparatively, and he was like half the size of of the yellow one. And now he's twice the size of the yellow one. Aww. He just ballooned out. Yeah, so he's blind in the one eye, and he's got angel wing now. So like it bends outward a bit uh, oh. more and more. I've been trying to wrap it up and he just keeps like finding a way to squeeze out it. Like he'll rip it off or he'll, he'll like shimmy out of it and stuff. And I've like put it on several times a day and they just like, okay, you might just live with this then. (laughs) Yeah, really. I I think that's so sad that animals don't get that. Like when we, when we like put them in a cast or a wrap or something that we're trying to help them. Yeah. Yeah. I had a dog who broke his foot when he was Mm -hmm. uh, really young and we put him in a cast, uh, you know, and he ripped it off one day and it was, we had to go get it done again. Yeah. That's the worst part of, of it is if you're, you know, you have someone else do it you know, you pay for it. And then yeah. again, that's what I had the stints done for, for Dick Van Duck when, so he had the, the legs just behind him and I it's like, he's, he's soiling it cause he can't move out of it. And he, uh, and he just kept like hurting himself with his wings and his mm. bill and stuff cause he'd flail around. So I was like, I need to take these off. And it just seemed, it seemed like it kind of straightened it out, but it made it so he couldn't, like he didn't have the muscle anymore and he wasn't able to like even stand. So yeah. I thought like this just, this was hundreds of dollars for it to not actually be like useful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then, so we've been, we've been working on him just standing and stuff too. He's getting a lot better right now. He can't, still can't walk, but he's standing. I was trying to say that's good. Photo of Mary Tyler Moult. Uh, Not easily (laughs) hittable, but uh, (laughs) because I had like the wrap around him too. And he just looks like a dork. Um, JB says that's why he's got the two thousand dollar running shoes, the Aflac Marathon Dunk. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, he looks smaller in real life, I guess. Uh, let's see. Okay, well, now that we're done with that, did I stop sharing everything? Oh. Um, on to Stranger Things. Again, I thought it was uh, the series finale, but um, so nice to know that it is going to have one more season. I saw that season five has been at least currently confirmed to be the last one. They said that though about the fourth season, so, well, so yeah, right. yeah, like we'll see whether they change it. There, yeah. I went back and watched seasons one through three in the last week, and. <laughs> And I really had to power through. I had I finished the last two episodes of the season three and this morning and uh, played it on like fat on my computer so I can just do it like you know 1.5x speed or faster. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I'm gonna just try and do this because then we had the four hours all together of the last two episodes so, and watch that and and then I watched the Chippendale Rescue Ranger all t- today. This has been a been Lots of really yeah, TV for you today. <laughs> um, which I'm not complaining, but it was uh, just trying to like grind through all these shows. 
um like in a rush too like okay i gotta gotta get through these (laughs) (laughs) shows tonight um but uh, overall i had a lot of I enjoyed the series, I know, but there are a lot of like specific things in rewatching all the previous seasons where I was like, what's this continuity here? Like, what did they address this thing? Or like, why? Like, it, just like really small stuff of like, how old are they supposed to be right now? What year? And I was like trying to go through the timeline and like figure out like, is this adding up correctly? <laughs> so I have a lot of notes about the show that are not in any sort of order. and They're not organized. So I'll go through those. But I guess, what did you think of the finale? I didn't like it. First of all, I felt like, why have this character retcon the first three seasons? Like, that he, Yeah. Like, you clear, it's clear from watching the first three seasons that he was not a planned character. Right, yeah, yeah. And we're talking and about that, one slash Henry slash Vecna. And also, this yeah. is going to be full of spoiler Yes, alert. spoilers spoiler, ahead. Spoiler alert. Yeah, but I it just really bothered me that I, that they acted as though he was always a part of this idea and the Hawkins shit. Like the Hawkins stuff really starts with one, with Eleven ripping the hole uh, in the first episode and bringing through the demigorgon. Like it, saying that it, it started earlier with her ripping a hole and sending one through is just stupid to me. Like it's just, and they had it like, Oh, you forgot about this. And then you lost that power. So you needed to re which is why like, Oh, that's why she was not that powerful in season one. And had to, cause she like forgotten. Yeah. There was, there was definitely some, I don't, I don't mind sometimes of like trying to add in something to kind of like explain some stuff. Like I, I think that it can be done, but it's, I think that's, it's really difficult and risky where it's just like, you can, t- I forget what, who I was talking to or like what kind of movie stuff it was. Maybe it was the one movie we just watched the other day, but it was like, you, they had to feel like, here are the things that you need to hit. Like here are like the action scenes that we're going to do. And then you can write stuff around it. Like, well, that's just probably going to be terrible when you're like yeah. you're having to squeeze in this to make it happen. Like, you know, it's not going to be good. So I, I think maybe I just like the idea, the concept of it, but it never actually works out well, where it's like, yeah. kind of, it's cool in theory to try and like go back and like fill in like, well, this is what was going on, but it, it doesn't always, or usually doesn't work. Almost always doesn't work. <laughs> uh, like most of the time, you have to be kind of brilliant to get it to work. I would say, and I don't think the Duffer Brothers are as brilliant as like they were when they wrote season one. Honestly, because I think they had one really amazing idea, and that was season one of Stranger Things. Well, they were only planning season one too, so like they didn't have any of the sequel and I don't believe that they had anything planned after that so they had to keep at which is I prefer if you have a full series and you're like I have like the ending in mind like this is what we're going to reach to and so I would have preferred if they had like the whole concept done but I also understand where it's like there is room for sequel and like so you have to expand on it like I I don't want to like just like discount that like they could never (laughs) add more to it at all and, and say that that's totally bad but I think if they knew that there was, they should have at least been like, oh, we're having more than one season. Let's 
plan like and netflix is gonna like gonna green light us for however long we want then plan the full like the rest of like we need four more seasons and tell this and like we figured this whole thing out i would at least have done that i would have forgiven them for not having anything after season one at first um i did read that they were initially going to kill off 11 and steve harrington in season one yeah, I knew that. I One of the reasons why Steve Harrington didn't die in season one is partially because the actor was so likable. I know, yeah, everyone loved the character. His charm comes through mm-hmm. as Steve. I would have uh, been so mad if they killed Alec. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm and honestly, this, I will fangirl over Steve Harrington. That's why I have Steve's my name as amazing. him. So. Like, here's the thing, though, is that about Steve is that like it's a much more interesting story that he's the jerk popular guy who then grows up and becomes kind of a good person, you know, like (laughs) someone you can rely on uh, by the end than if he just died. Like, honestly, (laughs) it was, yeah. Okay. So if we can, we can get into Steve here. I have a lot of opinions about the whole Steve thing. So we're going to put off the rest of season four and I want to back up and just talk about Steve as a character. Um, and also JB mentions they could plan out a, an epic five-year story only to have Netflix pull the plug at the season three cliffhanger, cough, dark, and cough. I know that is the concern. The, like for any show, I am I know, scared. And, yeah. And here's the thing about Dark Matter. If there's any one show that I would kill to have more episodes of, it's dark matter. Remember, and I'm not even like that huge of a fan. I'm just like, where were they going? Yeah. <laughs> so that's always been a concern for like any TV show. And I, I don't know how popular dark matter. I never watched it, but how popular it was, but like stranger things was like the, you know, breakout show for Netflix. So like that one has been huge. So it seemed likely that we're like, yeah, we're going to guarantee like sign a contract for like, you get this many seasons and we are like, you know, confirming that. Well, but, there's uh, two, there's two things that can happen. There's the show that gets canceled too early because it doesn't have enough tension, like Dark Matter, mm-hmm. even though it's good. Or it's the show that everyone likes so damn much that the studio keeps asking them to extend it. Yeah. One more season. Give us another season. Give us another season. This is making us money. Give us another season. And Stranger Things from that jump was probably going to, you know, be the the latter, right. <laughs> not the former. Right. Dark Matter was clearly the former. It never had the kind of traction or popularity that Stranger Things had. Mm. Stranger Things had that popularity from the start. I, that's why I like ones. It depends on the the you know the series but like once again where it's like we had the story to tell and now it's over like we're not gonna keep adding more seasons they did that with uh the cartoon gravity falls where it's like i i loved it and i would have really wanted more of it but they only did two seasons and i think they did a movie but um but it was just like nope this is it like this is like we've, we've had we told our story and now we're done which i found out recently like last week that the creator alex hirsch blocked me on twitter at some point so jeez <laughs> <laughs> And I think it was because I found it. It was like from 2019. I didn't know who he was. I don't. I didn't realize who I was replying to. It was something about the power outages in California. And I was saying mm. something about how, like, you know, if they were able to like clear the brush, like if they had better management of that, then and things would have been. And I was. I didn't like. I was just saying like that might have been better. It was like one line. You know, <laughs> to be fair, if it was better management, like the maybe it wouldn't have happened. And I oh, think. God. And then I had to like explain to other people too, where they're because I think they were trying to argue about 
whose responsibility it was. And so I'm like, I didn't say whose. I'm just saying if this was taken care of, if things weren't around to catch on fire, things wouldn't catch on fire. <laughs> I just, it seemed like, kind of like absolutely fair. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I had to like explain. So, but, and I think at that point, I didn't realize who that the initial comment I was responding to was, and it was him. And I think because I said that he blocked me. So. That's a really pathetic thing to block yeah. someone over. Yeah. I mean, Alex Winter blocked me recently. Who's I, that? Uh, the, you know, the Bill and Ted's Epsilon Adventure. Oh. oh. Yeah. He what was. Alex's. I know. Uh, they all hate me, apparently. But uh, yeah. so he, he was going on about sexism in domestic abuse, basically siding with Amber Heard, even though he is mm. an abuse victim. And I basically said that abuse has no gender or something to that, to that effect. Not that phrase exactly, but like just disagreeing with him. Yeah. And he blocked the mildest me. mildest of dissent. And it was just like, I, I know. have to snowflake out of this. I know. Uh, I, I think a lot of Hollywood types are like that, though. They, mm-hmm. they automatically assume that like, oh, someone who disagrees with me in the slightest way, I must banish I- them from my presence. I feel that way on on all sides, though, too. I don't like like even the more based people. And I see on Twitter that like, well, like you, you, I'm blocking you because you I'm like, well, they barely, you know, said anything bad. It was just like, I don't I barely I've only only ever blocked like two people on Twitter that like had personal reasons to do so. Um, but like, other than that though, like I, I never do like no matter how terrible someone gets or something though, like that, unless you're going to like spam or like be, you know, th- threatening in some other way. Um, I block back. If someone blocks me. I block them back. They don't have a, if they're not going to th- let me see their tweets, I'm not going to let them see mine. Like, I'm okay with that too. Like, tweet me and me not yes. see. Oh it. yeah, that was one of the <laughs> that was the reason why I finally blocked one person back too because they were like quote tweeting or like I would unblock quote tweet and then reblock and then so like I couldn't even see. I'm like, well, that is such a cowardly move to do. So I was like, no, if you're gonna have to at least screenshot and go through your sock puppet accounts to like get yeah, things exactly. if you really want to. Um, but, <laughs> I do. Uh, I block people who start going through my entire timeline and replies because I feel like that's like super creepy and they're probably looking for information that they can use to figure out like who I am or where I'm I'm at, where I work. And I'm like, I'm not comfortable with you doing that like i just I mean, I count that as like the kind of you know sort of threatening in a way like if you find yeah yeah so there are things where you are uncomfortable with that or like spam and stuff so and i just i haven't had any other issues i've had people like who have blocked me like when i've just tried to have like conversation like where we've disagreed and but they mm-hmm. you know they resort to insults and everything and then i try not i try to be so diplomatic on twitter because i'm like i oh, know if other people see this i'm not going to look like the asshole here <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> i don't but, mind uh, looking like an asshole uh, that much i i use uh, but i don't now i don't usually uh i now i'm trying to be more um fancy with my insults so that the <laughs> algorithm doesn't catch them as easily. Um, like I called someone a DreamWorks character at one point. <laughs> like I'm trying, like, which was my way of saying idiot. <laughs> but you know, like, I, like, I, I guess that's making me be more clever. I, yeah. 
I suppose I, I've always found that censor, like people trying to go like, oh, we want to make this for PG-13 or we want to make sure um, that we don't, you know, do something like this. So then, you know, like for limits for their audience, they like get clever. And I think that's, mm-hmm. I, I think that's actually like a boon of, of self-censorship. Like if you, you put limits on yourself that, that you then have to expand beyond in different ways. Like it's a challenge, not necessarily like a, a chilling effect. You right. still want to say what you want to say, but you like move past it. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think, yeah. Yeah. And I, and as far as like being insulting on Twitter, like I'm not against that idea at all. Just for me when I'm trying to like, if I, it depends too. Like sometimes I might make like a snarky remark or something like if I'm, if, if, just commenting on something stupid but if i'm like trying to have a conversation with someone to make a point then i'm then that's me trying to go in i'm like well i i don't think i'm going to convince you but then it's like if other people see it then then we're gonna i'm gonna try to to be the level-headed one here and hopefully <laughs> come out looking uh, they, they can see like okay they, she made her points um but i also barely ever do that anymore i just don't use social media much now <laughs> outside of like pictures um but yeah, so I, but there is a part of me too where I'm like, maybe I should have two accounts because one, I'm like, I just want to go in and just be, because I can be, like, I can be mean. Um, <laughs> but it's like, if I'm not going to go in and try to like actually have co- like, you know, good faith conversations, like, yeah, let me just go in and start, you know, mocking people. Um, <laughs> it's kind of what this show is for, I guess, though, is to yeah. make fun of it. Uh, but totally. anyway, yeah, Alex Hirsch is a little bit of a snowflake, so... <laughs> I love Gravity Falls. Thought it was a great show. It's still one of my favorites. Like the, I think it was the first or second episode, the first episode too. Like I, I love. It. If you haven't seen it, from Disney, it's amazing. But uh, he himself is apparently. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have gendered him. I don't know. It's <laughs> a uh, big baby snowflake. So, uh, so back to. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, maybe we should talk about Yeah, yeah. Um, Back to Steve. <laughs> yeah. So Steve Harrington, my thing, in rewatching season one, I was like, oh yeah, like, you know, he's the jerk. He was the, the jerk jock boyfriend, whatever. And going back, watching it, I was like, he's not as bad as I thought he was. And like other people, like when you remember it, that he's like, oh, he's terrible. But I was like, he, he is a jerk. Like, he does do some jerky things, but most of it is in response to like stuff happening, like reactionary, like where uh, Jonathan is taking creeper pictures of his girlfriend. So then like, I don't condone the behavior, but like his response, like, yeah, like this guy seems really creepy. Like, why are you taking these photos? I think she was, maybe she was undressing or like in the bedroom or whatever. And I, cause watching it, I was like, Jonathan's creepy. Like, why is he doing this? <laughs> Like I thought that. Uh, yeah. And then the other time was when he thought that Nancy was cheating on him with Jonathan. So he was upset. And it, so again, like they got ended up getting into a fight. But so I don't like that. But it was understandable that he was upset and that he was like being a jerk verbally because he thought, you know, this and yeah. she wasn't like talking. They didn't talk to each other. Yeah. And then his two friends were like, they were terrible. Him. They were bad influences. They were very bad influences. Which I love that line was where he, what's your problem? And he's like, you're my problem. When he finally, like, he had, in a moment of anger, he realizes that they're the problem. And I'm like, they are the problem. They're bad friends. Right. Get away from these two. They're a bad influence. And But my problem is, is that, like, they've kind of made Steve less and less of a, 
of like a cool guy like he became a loser like very yeah well in season three Hopper was kind of a joke too like there was a they like kind of went a maybe a little uh wokish with how they treated their male characters i would say didn't think (laughs) about that i hmm yeah, I guess I can kind of see that too. Like at least it was at least it, it's up in the air where I'm like maybe it was a woke thing or maybe it was just like unintentional and that was the poor writing or something of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, for Steve, I just I was like he gets beaten up every season. And I like, every <laughs> season. I um, know. I did like in in the finale when Steve was talking at Nancy and, and he goes, he wants six kids. And she's she's like, wow. And he's like, what? It's not like I don't have any experience. Experience, yeah. 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 He's like, as he looks behind at all the kids. You just, yeah. There was all those jokes about Steve Harrington. Like that, um, oh, uh, Stranger Things is filled with strong uh, single mothers and they show like Joyce and you know, strong <laughs> mothers figures Joyce and then um, uh, what is Mrs. Nancy and Mike's mom I always forget uh, her name yeah, I, whatever. I don't remember her name either and then and I can't remember who else they showed uh, and then and then the fourth one is Steve, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw that meme but that's awesome yeah it's a great joke because it's true he's he's very uh paternal to the kids uh especially Dustin um mm-hmm. I love their dynamic I think that's such a like when they became friends like that's such a great dynamic I do like in season three too where uh where they're at the ice cream parlor and then Robin is just like how many children are you friends with because <laughs> they all yeah. um, so many so many kids um, I, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say though, like I, I felt like I feel like they're jerking around with the 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 love triangle aspect of Nancy, Jonathan, and Steve. Like they yes. keep, like it's like settling. So uh, okay, <laughs> I. I'm annoyed. At first, I was like, oh, and not having watched the first three seasons in so long, I forgot it was like three years since the last season. Um, When I saw like, oh, Nancy and Steve are hanging out season four, I I also thought like they – it makes sense that that when, you know, if you're apart, Jonathan's in California now, and so like when you're apart, it's you – you obviously you're distant and stuff so they, yeah. the relationship might not be as good and and um and so it makes sense but at the same time it was kind of it felt like oh they needed a reason like they want to get steve and nancy back together so like they they kind of need to say like jonathan and i are having problems we're not communicating like oh you seem so strong beforehand and you're like yeah. and now you're kind of like you're not able to communicate well enough for that but <laughs> but then it was also like ah oh, steve deserves someone like you should i want him to be happy jonathan is like my least favorite character he's so boring um um, he is Steve, incredibly boring. So then I was like, I would be happy if Nancy and Steve got together. Then I rewatched the first three seasons and I was like, Steve deserves so much better than Nancy. Nancy sucks. <laughs> she does. <laughs> because like she can be cool, but uh, even in season two, like Steve, Steve is adorable like the entire time, even when they're dating and, and he, uh, he what like he's, 
he goes to dinner with her and Barb's parents. Like he's willing to do that for her. Like he didn't even really know Barb that well. So he's like doing that boyfriend thing at school. He like, you know, he, t- or he tells her he loves her. And then uh, he goes at her locker at one point and he's just like, oh, I missed you. And she said, it's only been an hour. And I'm like, that is super cute. Like he is adorable. Why would you yeah. not want that as your boyfriend? He really loved her. Like yeah. he clearly did. And then and- she, they break up. And then he's, and later on, he's like, I was a bad boyfriend. And I was thinking, no, you weren't. You were awesome. Like, and she didn't disagree. Like the, I was, I was really annoyed with that writing. Like he did nothing that seemed like he was terrible. Like he cared, like she was partying too hard and he was trying to help her out. He was trying to like make her feel better. And then she cheated on him. (laughs) Did she actually cheat on him? Yeah, like so they weren't really broken up when she goes off with Jonathan to Greece. Uh, I guess it was unclear whether, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and were... she sleeps with Jonathan. Yeah, I'm I... so mad about that. I'm like, okay, like I kind of see you guys moving them together. Like, you know, it kind of worked, but at the same time, it makes Nancy kind of a cunt. Like, I don't <laughs> like Nancy. <laughs> I guess I guess I saw it as that they were done. They like were on they, the but... But I guess it wasn't like a, yeah, there wasn't an official thing. So I guess, yeah, that they, that Steve could definitely argue like, hey, we were still in a relationship here. So yeah. Okay. Okay. I can see, I wasn't upset with that because I thought they were broken up, but you're right that like it wasn't official. Um, yeah. So then they're just together. And like, and Steve later on too, is just like, Oh, it's okay. Nance. Like, you know, that's it. I get it. And like, he was just been understanding the whole time. <laughs> like, I know. Just such the I, sweetest I guy. Him, I want him to get mad at her though. Because I do, because I feel like she kind of deserves it because mm-hmm. like those thing like we, he's, he said, I love you. She said that this was all bullshit, including their relationship. And then she has sex with Jonathan and leaves him for Jonathan. And I'm like, and like, and him saying he was a bad boyfriend. And it's like, no, you weren't. You were not a yeah. bad boyfriend. Yeah, she was a bad girlfriend. Yeah. Like, and even in she, season four, he he mentions it too. Like, you know, you were like a wake up call for me. Like, why? You weren't doing anything wrong when you guys <laughs> broke up. I know. I don't get it. And like, uh, I honestly don't want him to get back together with Nancy because I don't, I don't think she's very good at relationships, honestly. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. And she mentions to, to Jonathan, like Steve's really grown up in the last couple of years. Like, well, he didn't need, like, again, he was fine after that first season. He, he, he really, and he got it together pretty quickly too. And he was just like, I dumped my friends and now I want to apologize to Jonathan and do it. Like, so it was like, a, it was a, probably a little too quick of a well, shift. I but mean, seeing a monster, an otherworldly monster might make you reassess things quite dramatically. <laughs> so that was before he saw it though, because he was knocking on the door at, at Jonathan's oh, yeah, house that's to right. apologize. So he was already wanting to apologize. And then he went in and then, and yeah. yeah. Like, and as soon as he saw that monster, like he first ran away and he's like, nah, I'm going to go back in. And he saves Nancy, he saves Nancy's life um, from the, what it was, the Demogorgon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, Steve deserves so much better. And, and if they didn't make Robin gay, I think they would have been a cute couple together. However, On- Honestly, when they made Robin gay, I was so pissed off. You, you mentioned like, before that you're like, you don't think that it was left field, total <sighs> left field. Like, did Only you not tell it? the actress until the day of that she was going to be gay? Like, what is? I get, like in rewatching it, I couldn't tell whether it was that they were trying to like make it where it was 
unknown for sure that way like the audience was would be surprised but because i'm like well i could kind of see like she does she gives off lesbo vibes throughout it though like the thing is though is that 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 whole thing about coding for gay characters problem to me is that you're basically saying that gender non-conforming characters are always going to be gay and i'm like that's Uh, not a mm, great mm. message to 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 basically yeah, reinforce too. gender stereotypes unless you're gay like come on I guess it works though that uh the girl that she likes what was her name T- Taylor I forget though but the remember. the redhead <laughs> girl um she doesn't really have like the stereotypes of stuff so, like she's kind of girly and, and so at least they have that she um, looks like Molly Ringwald yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what too. um so yeah. So I guess I'm like, I don't know. It's hard because I'm biased when in rewatching. I'm like, I already know where they're going. So I don't know whether it was like in, they knew the whole time or not, or it was just an excuse to like make Steve unhappy forever. Um, <laughs> and which oh, he deserves so, so much more. Uh, Zato says, Jonathan needs to give up the drugs. He looks terrible. Yeah. Trees he always looks it. terrible. He does. <laughs> I felt contrived when she revealed that. Yeah, I uh, yeah because like she talked about how obsessed she was of of Steve and then and they didn't really yeah I think it could have been better if they hinted a little bit more throughout and so that way it didn't seem so contrived and that's why it's hard for me in rewatching it just already knowing like I don't know what direction they were trying to go like is she just so like a tomboy girl that that still likes guys and stuff and um but okay so I also was thinking how I would don't think that a bad couple would also be Robin and Nancy because <laughs> I thought that like Nancy she's like you, you know kind of prudish and Robin's like fun and goofy though and they even had some some bonding time and they were doing some investigating and I'm like yeah they can make a good couple together as well uh but again I just think Nancy sort of sucks and I I want Steve to be happy he deserves so much <laughs> No, I I mean, I agree. I think Steve's a great person and the show has kind of abused him. Like, mm-hmm. the, I feel like the writers have been abusing him and it kind of drives me nuts. Like, I don't, I don't like it when shows, when writers do that, when they pick a character to like basically use as a punching bag to yeah, give him. He literally. <laughs> yeah, like literally bag. and figuratively, yeah. they use him as a freaking punching bag. Daniel um, Sheen says, poor Steve is going to die in season five and never get the girl. He better not. That's why I was so scared about season four. He was going to end up dying and everything, too. Like, if they kill off Steve, and I think a lot of fans felt the same way, though, too, where it's like they will revolt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will burn uh, the Stranger Things from my memory <laughs> uh, <laughs> if they do that. But a tree surgeon, why does she fall in love with someone that looks so similar to herself? Is it, you mean Steve? He means Robin. Robin and that girl looked kind of similar. Oh, 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 Robin and the girl. Okay, I was still thinking of Nancy. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I guess people sometimes do that. (laughs) It's a little narcissistic. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, uh, Netflix also does this thing because I don't know if you've watched much of The Witcher though, where they have these strong, powerful women who have powers like strong powers like Eleven and then 
at the end of the season, they do something to depower them. They lose it. Yeah. 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 And then, and this is, this is a trope that's happened in Netflix. Isn't the only one who's done this. This is kind of a trope to have these, uh, a, a character, but especially a woman who has all these like strong powers and then you reset them down to zero so that you have somewhere else to go with it. Yeah, and it's you have to just, rebuild, and I, I hate it. Because they did it with Korra in The Legend of Korra. Oh, yeah. Too. Um, and they also did it with um, uh, Alice in uh, the Resident Evil movies, which are not good oh. movies. But, like, I don't, like, literally, I just named four examples where they have these this insanely powered woman who they then depower to reset her to zero. And it's mostly only because I think. They don't know how to write a like an emotional growth or, uh, or yeah. challenge for them. That's the, that should be the challenge. If you're that if you're that powerful, that should be your challenge. Um, male or female, oh, it's like Superman. He's so freaking powerful. His best stories are the ones where uh, uh, he has to overcome something that has little to do with whether or not he has powers. Uh, and that's the problem is that like a lot of a lot of writers don't know how to handle a character that just is super powered beyond belief in the world. Like so like in in Stranger Things, Eleven is the most powerful uh character. Like she has she's the only one with powers, essentially. So like it's in so they have her fight uh, you know, the the upside down for the most part. And um, that's fine because the Upside Down has its own set of powers and everything. Mm-hmm. But this whole we depowered her because we don't know where else to go with her character thing is kind of pathetic. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I think they do that where sometimes like, oh, the character is too powerful for the world that we've built. And we don't know how to like without just kind of you know, OPing everything, then like, okay, we needed to, to, to draw it back. And so I, I think I would say that they did that in Doctor Who as well, where like, in, I think it was the 11th Doctor where it was just like, oh, I got too big. He literally, he says that I got too big. So then he he fakes his death. And so then now people don't know, like it was just, he was too well known. He was just too big of a, of a person in that universe. So he faked the death and uh, his death and kind of started over. But so it's one of those things I think where that's just like, yeah, how do we, keep developing the world around it. I think that would be more fun. That's why I'm kind of interested in season five to see what happens because I like when like, okay, you had like here, we're fighting in secret. Here's this thing that that's going on in this kind of like, uh, uh, I can't think of the word, but like just this um, set area. And then now we're like expanding. And I like where it's just like, hey, every all like it's all the normies see that this is happening. Like the world is starting to end and now they all recognize it. So now we're not fighting it. We're not secret superheroes. We might need to become like uh, well-known superheroes. And if that might require other people to develop some sort of quote unquote powers of some sort, like if they get stronger, I wouldn't mind seeing them try to figure out like, oh, can we learn a way to to harness some sort of energy or something just to to see like eleven needs to keep getting stronger, but everyone else does too. If when the bad guy gets stronger, uh, so I'm I I like that idea for me. Or just like seeing like okay, I guess it reminds me of D and D where it's like as your players as the characters get stronger, that all the bad guys need to get stronger too. So like you just see like the world develop more. Um, 
but I don't know. But I see that with a lot of shows where it's just like, well, we're going to, we just need to like reel it in and make this person less strong. And so that way they can fight other bad guys that they could have easily taken down beforehand. But now that they're weak, it'll be difficult again. Well, and then uh, there were a couple of points, especially in that last episode, where they, I felt like they didn't know how to write the action sequence that they were leading up to. And they literally would cut to black and then uh, come back and time had passed in the action. And I was like, I, I literally wrote that note and then it happened again <laughs> like after I wrote the note. And I was like, why are you doing this? Like, I, I was like, if you like, seriously, if you're having trouble, then rewrite like this. <laughs> literally what you're supposed to do like maybe you need to go back and do some like go back several scenes to make some changes to get to the you know but don't fucking black out on us that's really multiple pathetic yeah it's kind of it's a very pathetic way of handling the action when you don't when you or same thing with like when you jump cut away because you're you can't conceptualize how this would go like i i just i get really frustrated with that it's like if you then you can't write the scene and you need someone else to write it for you if you're not able to do it it just annoys me that's fair yeah i'm trying to remember at the very end where they like black out with max where she's like no like you're not dying when eleven's just saying no you're not dying and then it blacks out and then two days later and then they're surprised by her being again spoilers um being in a coma and i'm like why are you surprised like what did you do like what happened right like before the blackout or like right after the blackout of like you were there in her mind and stuff too so it was just like wouldn't you know that this is happening <laughs> so i didn't understand why they were surprised by it but um yeah, other small things too that I had. Let me see my notes. Uh, continuity stuff where I'm like, they they didn't outright like mess it up, but it was just questionable. Like in season three, Robin talks about Steve when in high school, like she mentions like, oh, when we were in high school, blah, blah, blah. And then she says like sophomore year when, when we were in class together. And she just, but she says generally sophomore year. And then season four, she's still in high school. So she's in nancy's grade but they kindly didn't outright say it but it kind of alluded to she and steve being in the same grade so that they were both already graduated so season four it was just kind of like oh you're in band you're at high school again and you're in band so i didn't See, get that i thought nancy and robin were no longer in high school that nancy was like an advisor on the school paper as an adult oh. and that because it's a small town robin was still on the band uh, the marching band because it's they otherwise they wouldn't have enough players. That's what I thought. Did the timeline? So it starts in eighty three. I looked uh, at least I saw that like a, your October or whatever of eighty three, um, season one, and then season two is in the is in July because it was Independence Day. So that's of eighty four. And in the first season, <laughs> um, Steve had to be a, a junior and Nancy was probably a sophomore then because in season two uh, or season, yeah, whatever it was, like Steve was talking about like early, early um, applications to get into to college. And so, so he was a senior in season two. Sorry. When was the summer? I'm mixing up some stuff though. There's some, something where he was a senior. Now, now I'm confused because I forgot everything. Um, 
So I think throughout it, like Nancy was a sophomore at first and then junior. And then season four, I think she's supposed to be a senior. I think because she was a grade younger than Steve. But that's why like the continuity is really confusing, though, because they they kind of allude to stuff. Like, I don't know what grade the kids are supposed to be. They're they're in ninth grade by season four. But I think the way I think it goes from 83 to 86 because they had class of 86 in season four with the all the seniors and uh when it definitely starts in 83 so there's only been like two full school years <laughs> during it and then Nancy w- and, and Steve was not a senior until the following year oh no that's right season two was October because they they went for a full year and they were coming back it was season three that was that was summer so yeah so I was right the fr- my brain season <laughs> one 83 in October season two was October like 84 season three was 85 of summer and then season four uh, is 86 because it was spring which I read too and I didn't catch this that the <laughs> the camera recording um when the, the day that L bashes someone in with a skate and Will like yells at uh, or Mike yells at Will and stuff like for whatever ruining things that was Will's birthday because it was March 22nd which was mentioned in season two when when his mom is like telling whatever like story like your birthday is March 22nd blah 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 so the creators the Duffer brothers didn't realize they messed that up until afterwards and they've they're talking about retconning and like dubbing it in and saying that it was May 22nd instead or if they leave it it just makes Will really sad that like no one his mom abandons them for Alaska that day his friends like hate him and stuff like so no it's just, one celebrated his birthday no one no one it's just the worst birthday ever for this poor kid who's been through a lot um oh my god that's terrible yeah very very, like small specific things that like other people have caught too and for me I was just trying like what age are these as everyone's supposed to be it was really bothering me and I know there's been puberty really fast they did (laughs) because they mentioned she was season four uh Joyce even says like that she lost Hopper for eight months so they did confirm too that like it was eight and and end of season three they said three months later and then uh or end of season two like three months I'm losing end of season three three months later and then season four was five months after that um and it was they had to write in Max too from from when her brother died into making her more upset about it was a thing because it had at the end of season three where it was like three months later and she was pretty chill. She was like, I'm fine. Lucas and I hanging out. We're singing songs. We're uh, making fun of Dustin. And then later on, it's like, well, you got worse from like in that next five months, that three months you were okay. And then after within that five months, you felt guilty. So I felt like that was really lame that yeah, they had kind to of poor writing to to, uh, to have that much time pass and her be fine uh-huh. and then and then her <laughs> get worse over time i mean sorry but like people in that amount of time they get better better that's and you can and people might want to argue that oh she you know maybe she secretly was feeling that way but she she behaved more outwardly that it was bothering her within the the rest of that school year of that five months. So that three months seemed like she was totally still dating, still totally active. So it just it writing wise, it was not good. But I they had to use her as a plot point. Like, well, she needs to be Vecna's target, so we have to write that in somehow. Um, so I thought that I noticed that, um, and even 
she's all sad. Even her being sad about it, like she's sad about Billy Billy dying, and I get that, like of why she emotionally was struggling. But like half the town turned into monsters during that and became part of that mind flayer too. Like they just turned into monster parts. Um, so so many people died, and it's just like you're not the only one. Like how come no one else seems to be going through as like much trauma about losing their loved ones? Um, that's true. Everyone else is cool after season three. Yeah. And that yeah. doesn't make any sense. Um, no, someone, Tree Surgeon says, uh, I get trying to explore that, but her brother was insanely villainous. Now, I, first of all, I like Dockery Montgomery. I think he's a really good actor. That's Billy. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was like, is that how Just, his name's pronounced? I wasn't sure. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's Elvis in the new Elvis movie. But, um, are you sure? I thought I heard that, but then I uh, looked at the actor and I don't know if it is the same person. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, um, he's, um, I liked Billy as a character. He was very complex. He wasn't just like, first of all, he was still in high school in season two when we're introduced to him. Yeah. And, and, uh, I don't know how old he is in season three. Who knows? It's who knows, but he's, uh, it was clear his father was extremely abusive. Yeah. Yeah. They and, made him more sympathetic in season three too. Well, yeah, they made it even, see, it was obvious in season two that his dad was abusive. Mm-hmm. There's that right. point where he like shoves him up against the right, wall right. And, and Billy looks terrified. He's, he's shaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in season, yeah, in season three, they, they explored it even more and how like he used to be like a normal kid mm-hmm. you know he which had fun he had he had love in his life and this this was uh ter- this was terrible that his you know something happened with his mom i can't remember what either she yeah, was okay. or- well, yeah yeah i want to address that because that made it yeah. even worse i thought like oh because i couldn't remember from the first time i watched it like maybe she died and, and so he's sad but she left so it wasn't even that, that that's even harder for him. She left and didn't take him with her. She has an abusive husband and she leaves her son there, uh, which would be pretty easy to get custody as the mother. Like the, they usually give custody to the mother in, in those situations. So it was just like your mom abandons you and your father's abusive. Like, of course, you're not going to grow up well, like. I felt so bad for him when he was on the phone with his mom and like, well, you're because he was so sad that she left and wanted her to come back. And then she was, you didn't hear what she said, but she just wasn't like, okay. So you think that you have this loving mother, but she sucked too. Daiquiri is in the Elvis movie. He isn't Elvis. Okay. But, um, uh, so he's moving on to movies. I mean, he did do Power Rangers. He was, um, huh. Not Billy, because Billy's the black kid. Um, he always just plays someone named Billy and everything. He's like, I know. I was like, that would be confusing. No, he is uh, the the Red Power Ranger, whose name I can't remember. Oh, okay. But, um, I really liked him in that too. Like he's he's a good actor, um, and I think he kind of he gave a lot to Billy that I think a weaker actor could not have brought. Like there was a lot of complexity, subtle mm-hmm. complexity that Billy needed that I think Montgomery brought uh, relatively well. Um, but uh, I don't, I don't know about um, like, like Max in season four and how she relates to her brother. Like, I don't know that she would necessarily be all that like 
broken up about it. He was actually jerk to her. Like we yeah. see parts of Billy that she didn't, but like well, she didn't see those parts. The other thing too was that she she was saying that she prayed something would happen to him that she made he made her life a living hell. Like yeah, she he did up until toward the end of season two when she like threatened him. Like she got uh, you know the better better side of the fight and threatened him and said like you have to leave my friends and me alone. And it seemed like for the next year he stopped bothering her. So it was still kind of weird in the writing as well that she was one broken up about it and then feeling guilty. And two, like, why was she still thinking about that when like things seemed to kind of balance, like be okay within the year prior. And then and now she still wants, like, I get like, if it was a, that it could be hard, you'd still be resentful for the years before that. But I don't know, just like her, her character issues uh, in season four about it. I'm just, I couldn't get in. Like, why is she so upset about Billy's death that she feels so guilty? She hated him. Even if she thought like, oh, I feel bad. Like, why do you feel bad about what you prayed for? Because you did hate him. So it was just, I don't know. Well, yeah, and I agree. I don't think she should, I, I don't think that they're, from their relationship, yeah, from what we too. saw in season three, there was not a lot of interaction even. Yeah, to be fair, he was possessed from like the whole seat, like from episode one. So there wasn't yeah. going to be, but, but even then, like even in the first, before he got, before he got possessed, it was, he didn't seem that bad anymore. Like he didn't, because we didn't have the opportunity to see how to, it just seemed he was more of a womanizer at that point, though, less of a bully and more of just a womanizer. Um and yeah, yeah, Zata, like Billy was a total douche to her. Like he was in season two, like for sure. But afterward, like it seemed like he left her alone. So then it was a uh, a year, October through July. Yeah. So it was um, a school year later and, and it seemed like that there wasn't anything going on between them much. So I, I don't know, the, the writing of it just seemed really weird for me that they needed to just include, she needs to have some sort of personal psychological issue that way we can fit it into her being a reason why she gets taken by Vecna uh what else did I have for Max I feel like they could have chosen a lot of other things like maybe the stepdad was somewhat abusive to her and we Mm -hmm. weren't seeing that like we could have like I feel like I just don't feel like they did a really good job of setting up with previous interactions, like we don't see her stepdad and her interact that much, or maybe just seeing her mom possibly be abused by her stepdad could have been enough to get her to be Vecna's victim. You know, yeah. like, I well, don't, they I don't mentioned know. That the stepdad is gone. So then she's just a little like, but then why be up? She, I don't think she was upset about that either. It was like, no, he was terrible. Like, okay, shouldn't you feel better now that he's gone then? So like, she's so, why are you? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just, that bothered me. I also was kind of hoping that the the school, um, what's it called, the counselor, school counselor, was going to be in on it. So because it was just like going through, like I was hoping that she was somehow like possessed or whatever to like I'm sending these kids the information. But uh, she yeah, wasn't. that felt like a check. I was done. They never fired. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else? Check. Oh. The with the Russia stuff, I felt bad for a season, which season with Alexi, whichever season that was, three. Um, I was so sad for him though. Like he was a, f- a fun character, and and he just he won that 
stuffed toy, the teddy bear or whatever, and just get shot at the end. Like he didn't even get his cherry slushy because he got a strawberry one instead. And uh, what a day for him. But I thought he was a fun character. I see season three is so odd tonally. It's so comedic. Uh, and then, like, even the part when Alexi dies with Murray going, all I want to do is get a corn dog. It's mm-hmm. like, is that a joke? Or, like, I felt like they were taking the piss and they were, like, fucking with their audience at that point. Like, <laughs> because it just, it didn't feel right. And then, and then the Soviet stuff in season four was also in, still incredibly silly. And it's like, they're the Soviets. Like this is a prison. Can we can we have a modicum of seriousness over this? <laughs> nope, hmm. mostly jokes, especially with Yuri. The thing, I guess, I'm okay with the tonal shift. I understand being upset about it, but like, I'm okay with more comedic stuff happening. Where like, here's the situation is technically serious, but we're taking it with with a lot of levity and, and making jokes and stuff. Like, I, I like that a lot so I'm okay with it but I think yeah if you're expecting like here's a more horror thing that you kind of that it, it it could be jarring especially considering that the first two seasons are much more serious yeah yeah so they um so I guess I hadn't thought much about that because if I'm I, I've said before if it makes me laugh then I'm <laughs> then I'll enjoy something so uh oh yeah Zato says I liked Yuri at first he was in season four but he became really annoying I yeah he was a weird guy and I'm just not that and like you know he's betrays everyone all the time so it was just kind of like ugh. well then Um, I felt the same way like uh the pothead was also incredibly annoying to me um I just did not like I I didn't the jokes didn't land with me with that character or with with Yuri like I just didn't said the oh the pot like Jonathan's friend Argyle. Jonathan's friend Argyle, yeah. I just was not all that. I liked some of his stuff, but then other times, like, yeah, it was a little flat. Well, and then I, I also the other part that I said that I felt like they were taking piss out of us on uh, was a season in season three was the part where they literally stopped the climax so that uh, Dustin and his mormon girlfriend could sing the never-ending story song i was like this is sort of like you know how a lot of people complain in season two about that episode where uh uh 11 goes to the city and meets mm. you know what eight seven seven eight. or eight i can't remember yeah. but and and like that it that threw off the pacing of the entire season like that scene where they sing throws off the pacing of the entire episode and the same is true with a lot of the stuff in season four where it's like you have too many moving parts like at this Mm. point they keep adding cast members they keep adding storylines that people are off doing other things and it's like i like there was a point in season four the season finale where um uh when Steve, Robin, and Nancy are being strangled against the um, the staircase, and we don't yeah. see them for like ten yeah. minutes, and I was like, "So they're dead, right? Right? They're yeah, they gone. Death. Yeah." And it was like it was really bad pacing on that, and there was a lot they could have cut, like and 
honestly, they used so much slow-mo that it was almost like a 300, <laughs> like the movie 300. And it's like, this did not need to be two and a half hours long. Okay. <laughs> I say with the season three singing, like, yeah, it, it did uh, make the pacing off, but it made me laugh too, just because like, I mean, the singing was fun. And when it, I think because it was so awkward, like it was awkward for everyone else too. So like when it cut to everyone and they're all like hearing it over the radio and just like looking at each other, like what? So I guess it's the same. They had the same reaction as like what the audience would be feeling as well. Like, why is this happening right now? So I think to me, it was a funny bit. So, but I do understand like, oh yeah, this throws things off. But I guess if that was the intention, like, yeah, it's supposed to like be jarring here. And I guess it, it just feels like if you were a huge fan of season one and I was, season two is a disappointment because it's basically a remake of season mm. one. Like it's almost exactly the same story. Um, yeah. And then season three and season four are huge tonal shifts and have cast bloat that it kind of gets hard like to enjoy the jokes. If you, if you like comedy, I do, but I don't go into stranger things for the comedy. I go there for, you know, the, the otherworldly horror and the, Mm -hmm. the implications and how hard it is for this small band of kids with not a lot of resources to fight this thing. That's not what we're getting anymore. That's yeah. not Stranger Things, and that's what it was in the first season. It's kind of it kind of sucks. Um, yeah, that's fair to have, yeah, yeah. When you have expectations from season one, and uh, yeah, no, I get that. And Zato says Stranger Things, the musical. You know, they all seem to have pretty good voices when they've because even Max and Lucas were singing later on too, making fun of Dustin. I bet they could. Um. And Raphael says, whenever episodes turn into musicals, the end is just around the corner. I love musical episodes, though. I uh, I know Riverdale does one like every every season, but like Psych had one, Scrubs had one. They and yeah, they are always toward the end of the series' run, though. <laughs> it's basically like, oh, we've run out of ideas. Um, it's one of those things. The the other we've kind of been running out of ideas thing is the Groundhog. Ep- hog episode um where the day gets reset uh, a bunch of um, which like uh oh just, oh just generally just generally oh, that's okay. an episode that a lot of tv shows will do mm-hmm. Cena did it eureka did it dark matter did it um uh that stargate tv show did it like Oh, Farscape did it. Like lots of TV shows do it. Yeah, uh, and like not like some of their comedic episodes. They're always supposed to be comedic episodes, and some of them are really good, honestly. Uh, and some of them suck. <laughs> but I I love the Xena one. The Xena one's hilarious. I've never I've never watched Xena, so I I guess that's a show that we should I should get into <laughs> at some point. But I know like I, I like ones that call it like supernatural because they would do a lot of tropes and stuff too, but call out you know like do stuff in a sort of meta way and like mention them. But I you know that they had a similar one. I think Dean kept dying too or something. I forget. But uh, yeah, well, I, uh, tropes can be fun, but <laughs> but they're hated by a lot of people sometimes too oh Zato says have we touched on will's character yet is he in love with 11 or mike he's having crying outbursts at weird times yes i agree that he and i'm still unclear exactly whether uh, I, I i do think throughout the series 
he and Mike have had like some intimate scenes where it just kind of seemed like, oh, if they were going to make Will gay, that that he could be secretly in love with Mike this whole time. And that's why he's like more jealous and stuff. Like, I think as far as like uh, sort of hinting at things, I think Will makes more sense than it did with Robin. But I don't know what he's upset about specifically because he's always been like, well, I, we just want to be kids forever. I don't want to like everyone else is in love, but I'm not. And uh, or like, is he think 11 since he's hung out with her more that he fell in love with her? Or is it Mike? I uh, I think he's gay and I think he's in love with Mike. Um, yeah, that's I'm, the one I'm leaning more, toward. There's more evidence for it, honestly. Um, and one of the reasons why I say that is because there's that point where in season four, where Jonathan has a conversation with my, with uh, Will and he's telling him, I'll um, love you, you know, no matter I'll what, love you, no matter mm-hmm. what, I'm mm-hmm. always here for you. I'm always going to be your brother. That's, that's a yeah. older brother telling his younger gay brother that he can he's come totally out. To yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's because like Jonathan has been noticing like when he's looking at, that's why I think that like Will is in love with Mike because like Jonathan's looking at him in the rearview mirror and seeing like just those two together. He's see like he he's noticing Will have these reactions, and so I think Jonathan recognizes it. Um, but yeah, I thought that was like a sweet moment though. That again, I hate John. I think Jonathan just is the lame character. But like I feel just the when he, way he talks, especially to Will, but it was also kind of to everyone where he kind of talks like. He's talking to a five-year-old, but then he, so it just sounds like so condescending, but it's just the way he is. He does just speak like that to everyone and I hate it, but he is a caring older brother. So I'll give him that. This is one redeeming quality, honestly, is that he does love Will as much as he does. Um, he was a better character, honestly, earlier in the show. Like they've kind of, they didn't know what to do with him. They've kind of devolved him and don't know where to uh-huh. go with him as a character. Um, they can't, their favorite thing to do is to turn the men into losers. Honestly, they they really <laughs> like doing that. And honestly, I'm tired of it. I don't, I don't necessarily like. They keep going. Like, listen, I like strong female characters in tv shows they've existed for decades upon decades like literally xena exists okay we don't have to have like this come together where we say we need more strong female characters there's not enough there's definitely enough that's not the problem the problem is now they're making male characters losers to make Mm -hmm. the female characters seem stronger and i don't need them to do that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they have multiple strong characters in different ways. If not physically strong, then at least, at least like Dustin is intelligent though. Like he's nerdy, but like so they 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 do have. I'll say like they're strong in that way. Like Dustin's confident and and smart and um. But yeah, yeah, I agree that like well, what's the thing that they do like where they they do that to a lot of dads where they just make them pathetic. Yeah, I wrote about so that for Ron Speak actually dads they make dads ineffectual boobs and Mm -hmm. it's like okay in the 80s that was fair game because men weren't into the domestic side of things all that much women started going into the workforce they started having to take on more of that so they and they weren't good at it at first fine i'm totally fine with that but when it's 2017 and you're still making that same joke i'm not 
it doesn't make any sense anymore. Like it, it's, it's like you culturally for us, it doesn't make any sense. And, and then to put it in a time frame, like if your story takes place in the present tense and you're doing that still, I think you're kind of being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. 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 I guess it's just, at least it's been done so much and I, I can still see that like there are people, there are a lot of guys who uh, just aren't, used to doing like domestic stuff still so it can still be especially in comedy like you're gonna it's gonna be like the physical comedy so it's an easier thing where you're like oh i'm you know i'm burning the baking i'm burning whatever i'm baking or something and the thing is though is that i think women my age and younger there are a higher number of them that are not domestically adept anymore yes. like that's not a common thing for women or men like in their 30s or younger are all are not all that adept at handling domestic situations i once burnt easy mac because i forgot to put water in the bowl before i put it in the microwave so i've gotten better since then but yeah i just i don't think it's a gendered issue anymore yeah yeah for sure kitchen <laughs> so that's what like i think yeah if you wanted to write something like you you could and you know you could swap the gender stereotypes and, and make the man more domestic and then the woman try to do and like and you and she gets to have all of the weird physical comedy stuff happen like and and that happens too even if you are domestic like i love lucy did that where she like put in too much yeast or whatever it was and she baked bread and they just had the slapstick thing of this giant loaf of that did not fit in the stove in the oven at all though and it just like pushes out on her when she opens it up and where it's like yeah like people make mistakes like she made so many mistakes but she could also cook and, and everything but there are just times where it's like oh no she's gonna do all this slapstick um that's what made her hilarious uh, back, oh, Daniel, back to the Will thing. He says, they do more than Im- imply. If you recall previous seasons, at one point, his mom makes a comment about kids bullying him and calling him gay. There are other moments like that. Yeah, season one, they were even, not even just her commenting on it, they were showing the bullies calling him queer. But the thing was, I wasn't sure whether they were just insulting him because he kind of just, you know, behaved a little differently and they were just throwing that out because that was, the, you know, the terms, that the, the insults that they're going to use or if he was going to end up actually being gay because he was only like 12 at the time. So we, I didn't really know sexuality I wise. Most people would argue at that age, there's no such thing as being gay. <laughs> so like uh, I thought it was like, because he was, you don't remember, he that was pre-puberty. So like he's, he's a yeah. kid and I, so to me, I thought the kids were just being bullies. And yeah. They were just being me. And in the eighties, one of the major things that people threw at someone they hated was that they were queer. Like that was, mm-hmm. right. to me, I did not see that as them and including, because that's the first episode when his mom says that, by the way, um, she says it to Hopper when she's reporting him missing, uh, yeah that I did not assume back then that he was gay. It wasn't until season three that they really started laying down the groundwork, which to me makes sense because that's when he's through puberty. Like, and I'm totally cool with you guys now having a character with budding homosexuality because he is literally just gone through puberty and figuring that out. Like totally. That makes sense to me. Like that's pretty organic, but, um, the Robin one on the on the other hand was just like shoehorned, like like oh we don't want we don't want Steve to end up with this girl so 
So she's gay. Because they hate Steve. No one wants wants him happy. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm trying to remember what what did they hint for Will in season three? What were the clues? Because so one of the major clues is that he wants to hang out with his guy friends, and they all want to. Right, hang that's out. when that's when they're dating and everything, and so then he's mm-hmm. upset. Yeah, because he wants things to yeah, just be the same. Yeah. Yeah. And Will says uh, something. Uh, Mike says something in like, you know what? We, what did you think that we were never going to move on? That we were never going to have girlfriends? Mm-hmm. And, like, and, and, and Will was like kind of having a moment like of, of like, oh shit kind of moment that I felt like that could have meant a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It can mean that he's gay. I totally uh, believe that could have happened. So, like, to me, I feel like that was like really the start of um that and i I don't find this one um all that contrived or awful like Mm -hmm. as you know as a writing a gay character like i i'm i think will is clearly gay and i and i'm fine with how they're handling it i feel and and if if it wasn't apparent before i feel like season four i don't know what the actor is but uh what what his sexuality is but he Will definitely just kind of gives off the vibes of it throughout the entire season four, where it was, and I think his acting has just gotten worse after he went through more puberty. So there's still kinds of things where I'm like, uh, so I don't know if you're just bad at acting or like, but you're, you're giving me some gay vibes here. And not that I have any problem with it, but I was just like, yeah, this is, if they don't make him gay, then they're really you know, missing do, out I'll- on this. One thing that they're doing that is basically saying is it's kind of pathetic, but it's true. All the other guys have their shirts untucked. Oh, yeah. Liz has his shirt tucked in and you can see his belt. Yeah. He has he's the worst well hair together. Um, he's he's very groomed. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those are big hints too. He's just the dorkiest haircut. Like you really got to keep that. Um, but I guess if he... But and he's taller now too, so they just have to make him kind of like this pathetic, like awkward guy. And he's so tall now, and uh, and everything. Oh, I think Tom Hannix says I made chicken parmesan once and forgot the parmesan. Mm. See, it's uh, it's not just me. I've I've had worse. <laughs> oh, one time, it's not my fault this happened, but it did happen. I forgot about uh pop tarts that I put in the toaster, and then the toaster caught on fire. <laughs> So I don't think it was my fault. I don't know what happened. Something happened that it that, that I didn't cause it. I don't think. I blew up my oven once. Oh, see? Okay. I was making uh, bourbon pecans. I put too much <laughs> bourbon in the pan. Oh, my God. And it blew the oven door open because it ignited. No fire. It was yeah, fine. it just... But yeah, it it terrifying. It was scary. It was loud. I was not in the room, and and a friend had like the the oven was in the corner of his eye. (laughs) Saw this flash. (laughs) No one got hurt. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. I think my uh, even the oven was okay. By the way. (laughs) Oh, nice. Because it was an oven. I don't know what caused it, but like the uh, our family members oven, the glass like shattered, and I don't remember if it was on or something, but it like shattered outward. Then they had to something was wrong with that oven. That I think they might have dropped it in the delivery. Satya says Beverly's saying he must be gay because he can't act. Jk. No, 
everyone's gay in the like, theater and acting world. Like, the, I mean, Neil Patrick Harris, he's a great actor. I think like you could pull off the douchey straight guy. Um, but uh, yeah, so there are plenty of gay people who are good actors. Will, however, I don't know what his deal is, <laughs> whether the actors or he's just he's got he's maybe he's just doing a good job of coming off as gay. I don't know. But his acting is just terrible. So I, I do want to bring this up before we move on, good to, move on to Chippendales. But um, the Eddie character. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about Eddie, too. So I knew in the second episode that Eddie was going to die. He's going to die. Yeah. It was, like, it was so obvious. I don't remember what the second episode was, but it was just kind of like, yeah, you're the character that isn't going to make it out. Um and I, and I didn't know whether or not for when I first saw him, I was like, do I love you or do I hate you? I, I and I, and it took me many episodes and I, I don't think until the end, I still wasn't sure whether or not. Um, but what was it in episode two that made you think that? It's just the way his life was going nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. You've got nothing nowhere. going for you. You're not going to be missing out. And you can, yeah. And even like toward the end too, like he's and they used it as flashbacks. But I noticed it along the way where it was like he turned to Dustin when when Steve's like, "Don't do anything stupid," and he's like, "Well, like we are not heroes." And you're like, "Well, yeah, like you're saying that you're gonna do something heroic now and die, and you're gonna." He also, when he said to Dustin, "Don't ever change," that was also another moment that it was like, "Oh, he's clearly dying." Yeah, yeah, you're gonna die. And so by the end of it, I I didn't like him a lot and I was sad that he died and he, no, what I cried though was, was when Dustin told the uncle, when the uncle was like still putting up missing posters and then he had to explain to him too. And I just, I felt really sorry for him to like confirm, um, cause I didn't feel that way with Barb's parents, um, when they're I don't and I'm not sure like you're like oh it's sad that they still think that there's hope and stuff but it was just more emotional the way they did it with Eddie his uncle and just how I mean I guess it was also like this guy's alone too like he's you know he's the uncle he had to take in Eddie because and they already mentioned Eddie's dad probably wasn't that great and so he's with the uncle now and now the uncle has lost his nephew and so it was just like really heartbreaking like sympathizing with his uncle and then poor Eddie didn't even get to graduate and he was some sort of idiot for failing like a couple years but yeah Zato we only knew Barb for like five seconds anyway yeah that's what I remember when it came out and everyone was like kind of up in arms in the audience about like Barb's death and everything and and even when the first time I watched it and re-watching it now I was like I don't I just didn't really like she wasn't really much of a character and what and maybe it's because in season one she was like the first death and now there's been so many people who have died in this show or just kind of like yeah Barb whatever other ones are more emotional the reason why that death hit people so hard Barb is because her best friend was literally abandoning her for a boy and she didn't want to be there in the first place. So, okay. like, she died for no good reason. I and don't blame Nancy, though, for that. I don't, I don't blame... Was... I mean, it's not Nancy's fault that her friend died. Yeah. Like, no, but it just... It adds a layer it of... It just kind of made it... So, 
I didn't, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I don't know. I'm just a, a robot, but, uh, I, I just thought too, like, okay, like, well, she wasn't having fun. Like, yeah, she's the only solo person here. Like I wouldn't want it either. I would just go home. I didn't know why she was sitting on the, the diving board or whatever to it. Like, why didn't you just go home? You're probably going to get killed anyway because of the blood and stuff. Like it was like, it was probably going to come for you, but it was just kind of like, yeah, your friend, she wanted you here. And it was a little bit douchey of her, like, I, I need you to help me keep me protected. But then, but the, if Nancy changes her mind and is is like pretty certain, like, yeah, this is my decision. And I want to do this. I don't know. I don't really think she was like fully ditched. It was like, you're here as a buffer to help me. I don't need you anymore. So you can go home. Like, yeah, it's not like the greatest friend move, but at the same time, like, I, I don't know. Like, I just didn't think it was that bad of Nancy to like even make that choice. It's not, it, it's not, it, it's honestly not. It just adds this sort of irony to it, you know, uh, mm-hmm. not necessarily blaming Nancy. I don't blame Nancy. For that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it just adds an extra no, layer to it. And, that. and that's it. I, I, I don't I think that. Puts Didn't that on really. Nancy, or that even that Nancy's doing something absolutely horrific. She's not. Yeah, yeah. And she she feels so guilty afterward too, and I guess that's what I was thinking. Like she feels bad about it, and I kept thinking you shouldn't feel that bad. Like I mean, she had no way of predicting that this was going to happen. That's, right, that's, she, a monster's it, going to eat her friend. Yeah, she kind of has a bit of survivor's guilt over Barb. Right, honestly. right. That's what's going on. Yeah. There. So it makes more sense from that perspective, but like. Eddie, they they developed more. He's more, way more mm. developed as a character. So, like for a lot of people, his death hit a lot harder. It's like, well, yeah, because he was in the entire fucking season, unlike Barb. Yeah. But then, um, I don't know. I didn't like the guitar part. I'm like, I like awesome guitar solos and everything, but that I just didn't felt really, really weird. <laughs> it's another like, one yeah, of those like, musical moments. Why do that? It seemed unnecessary, but it was really cool. And it was like, ugh, you get this cool guitar moment, you're for sure going to die. I think that was just his one, his last epic thing that he gets to do and then he dies. So I was like, I'll give him that. I'll let him have that moment. Because I thought even like his heroic thing, it was kind of like, was it really necessary when you're like, is it heroic when you go through and uh, to fight against something that you know that you are just going to die like there, that it's totally you know, futile to do it? Or it's just, um, I guess he kind of like kept him at bay for a little bit long from, from instead of going through the portal. But I was, I don't know. It just seemed like, why did you guys call them over there where the portal is? If you were just trying to distract them away from the other location, couldn't you have like summoned them to a different spot that wasn't right next to a portal? Um, I, I think the portal was their escape plan for those two. But um, then, but then wouldn't they know that if they escape, then the other things can get through as well? Like, wasn't that the concern? With the bats, could the bats get through? I don't think we ever saw the bats come through the portal, did we? Right. Well, then why did Eddie decide to not go through the portal? When why did to he run? give them more time? The the group. Oh, the, the bats wouldn't after. like go back. Yes, yeah, so they just wanted go back to, to delay the house. more. Okay, to then I'll give more time. I'll give him that. I thought he was trying to buy time for them going into the portal, though. But because I didn't, I I wasn't sure if they could or not. Like, well, I don't know why they couldn't. If it's just this big hole that they can climb into, I don't know why the bats wouldn't be able to fly out. But okay, so I'll say that. Yeah, that was good of him to try and and keep the bats going for longer. I guess. Um, yeah, I just feel so bad for him because he. I did end up liking him. 
Um, I, uh, some of the things too, that before we wrap up on that, that I still didn't get was what happened to eight. Um, I feel like that they maybe even had a number eight in there when she had like the flashbacks of all those numbers, like, and they all died. So like, how did she escape? Like she got out, but everyone else is still there. He said that eight Brenner said that eight, this was before, this was after eight left is what he said. And it was like, eight had already left when, but wasn't 11, like, like younger. She was a few years younger, right? They made her pretty tiny. So I'm confused about like what happened with her because she was only in like two episodes, if that, one or two episodes and just never mentioned again. I'm like, well, okay. Um, and then the thing with Terry, I think that was Eleven's mom, where they had the, I was confused by like some of the flashbacks that they had done where it was like she came to visit Eleven a couple of times, but then in like season three or so, whatever it was where it was like, oh no, she just sort of saw Eleven, and then got pulled away, and then she got a bunch of like drugs and stuff, and then that ruined her. But other times it was like, oh, Eleven gets a reward of going um, to like is the Rainbow Room, the like where it was just like you get to see your mom, like you get this special reward of seeing her. So I was confused by that. I don't know if they addressed it or if I'm just confused in continuity, but it seemed like that they kind of twisted some stuff around. Like, was her mom seeing her more? Her mom never got to see her, but other times she got to visit. So I was confused. Yeah, I think they kind of fucked up all the the experiment stuff. Like they don't really yeah. know what they're the, what they had said and what they had done. So they and nor did they have answers for everything that was going on there. Yeah, so they kind of it's all a big mess. Um. Yeah, I. <laughs> I think there was just, a lot, again, a lot of small things where I'm like, they didn't necessarily have to retcon, but some stuff that they just alluded to, again, with like the ages of people and all that, or like, was Robin graduated? Is she not? And they, so like those small things like really bothered me. And um, so overall, I still enjoy the series. There are a lot of like specific problems. And I can't remember if I said this on air, but I did like Johnny Boy Quick Draw's line of uh, saying that he was waiting for the prequel Strange Things, um, which he really liked. You did say uh, that. I did. Okay. I couldn't remember if I said that to you before we were on air or after, but I did have that note on it. Um, I also see Karasar says that he doesn't know anything of Stranger Things, but likes Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Um, that was your fave in 1990 when you were 11. I wasn't born yet. Um, I was much I was much younger than uh, Karasar, but I, um, I grew up watching uh, all those TV shows and Rescue Rangers was one of them. I loved it. I like literally when we said we were gonna watch it, I've had the song stuck in my head. Like I've literally had the song stuck in my head this whole fucking time. And like I will admit, uh spoilers incoming, that I was pissed that they never played the original song in the <laughs> entire movie. They did yeah, yeah. And they I like that they mentioned at the end where they're like, oh, they're gonna have some sort of like remix version, even though everyone just wants you to play the, the original. They didn't didn't I don't have any I need to listen to it. I've never watched Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers before. It's never been on my radar at all. So then this is the first time that I'd seen any of it watching this movie because I was like, I'll never be able to watch Stranger Things and Chip and Dale series. Um, before Thursday. Well, the I did not like that move at the end of the movie, and they kept they keep doing this in movies that are and TV shows that are about reboots, where they say, "Isn't it so annoying 
when reboots and remakes do this thing. Yeah, that's so annoying. And then they do it. And I'm like, okay, you cannot point to the fact that all of us hate that and then and have that be a laugh and then fucking do it every time. Like the joke is old, okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If they did that in the the psych episode that are that's a cloudy with a chance of a murder when they did a reboot version of it and they're like it's bad and aren't reboots so bad and you're and you're like yeah this episode sucks and they're like well you don't get it no i get it reboots suck but this doesn't change the fact that this 42 minute episode sucks <laughs> and the thing is the the problem with the um with uh i liked chip and dale's rescue rangers but it for the most part the movie except for the fact that like towards the end there it got to this point where it was like reference the movie and that's all it was like it devolved into just Mm. references and it kind of it lost me i got bored as someone who had no nostalgia for it, I like the references because it was like, oh yeah, I get these things. Like I can, I'm in on this joke for the reference. So I, I enjoyed it throughout pretty much the whole film because I was just like, I have no connection it, to the characters. It, it wasn't about the characters. It was about the plot. Like, right. like oh, the yeah, plot that's... just kind of like doesn't matter. And because it's just about it was a very simple plot. We can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed Ugly Sonic. Uh, just that part was amazing because that was sure hilarious. There are things that were like, oh yeah, like you're making fun of your like Disney a lot, like, uh, as a reference to like real world issues of like people I hated. Um, it was Disney, right? Um, yeah, because I watched it. There, there are other uh, contracts involved in this movie to get the references to get all have. of those things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's so not all of them are owned by Disney. Not, I wasn't sure not what Sonic was on it. I've never watched Sonic movies, but I do remember reading on like people hated the realistic or like they hated what Sonic looked like. So they had to go back and change it all. And, um, and so I just thought like the references like that were funny to see like, Oh, this person exists in real life though. Like he's just known as ugly Sonic. And, um, but I, I like the concept of the care of like, Oh, cartoons are, are real people and doing these mil- movies and things though. Well, it's basically the same concept as who framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is almost exactly like a, a who framed Roger Rabbit, like successor, because it's partially about it. I mean, both of them are PI detective movies. Yeah. Wherein yeah. cartoon or animated actors are real in the world and uh, involved in crime. And they literally they reference Who Framed Roger Rabbit three times. The when they say they're dancing the Roger Rabbit, then showing Roger the Rabbit, and then at one point the bad guy Sweet Pea is looking at his stuff, and one of the things there is dip, which is the stuff that the judge uses to dissolve cartoons in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, and Who, yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So this is more of a successor to Who Framed Roger Rabbit than it is a successor to Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, the TV show. <laughs> uh, it's more in line with that. And if it, the, honestly, it's, uh, it's on, uh, it's in, in the same age group. All of this movie is to reference things that older millennials know, like me, like 
it's really for us to see that like there's that part where he's holding the 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 round thing of the whole rescue rangers group and i went is that a fucking pog like i recognized it immediately for what it was and that's the thing is that like pretty much like every reference is a reference to something a millennial would get Mm -hmm. um but the problem is is that like it kind of just it it's not the the plot of who framed roger rabbit is good and is interesting and holds up well this movie not so much it's just kind of there to get through all the references and that's about it yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that they just okay. We need to take an old show, and then and oh, and there's someone's who some uh, characters who did like detective type stuff. So then we will use that to make a movie that is able to use all these references in, in this cartoon world. So like it was Chip and Dale were like the afterthought of the concept of it, which. I guess isn't like the necessarily the worst thing, but then for people who have a, a nostalgia for the series itself, then it could be disappointing. Whereas, like, well, this isn't you didn't even have like the characters really working together, and, and I just um, I like I don't mind if they if the route of going that they were actors or anything like that. What I have a like I the real problem to me was its execution was lackluster. Like, even if it was, it's nostalgia bait, 100%. And, and those exist, and it's fine. I don't I don't necessarily think they're good or bad inherently. But, the pro, but you have to have, like, a relatively strong plot and character development to go along with it. Like, I still expect a freaking story that is interesting and compelling with characters that are interesting and compelling. I don't feel like I got that with this. Yeah, I mean, they even... They reference how it was like, uh, oh, like who's who the bad guy was, and it ended up being like, oh, it can't be the captain because that's what it always been. And then they they did do that, like, well, if it ain't broke, so it's just kind of like, oh, well, oh, I guess maybe that was the the twist is going back, where like, oh, he can't be it, so it has to be someone else. And then they then they twist to the the you know the trope. But there were a lot of laughs. Like I, I, I did really like a lot of the references. I like the Paul Rudd cameo and the, talking about Aunt Man. I thought that was really funny. Um, the I guess like the even with the the bootleg stuff, I was like, right, this is just kind of like a like a, a equivalent to human trafficking, right? Uh, which seems kind of a more serious you know, crime to be doing for a children's movie, but in a more cartoony way. Well, I, there were some jokes that really did make me laugh uh, quite a bit. Uh, I'll, I'm not saying that I completely hated it. I just, I just felt, felt like it was mostly mediocre. Like, yeah, not that, not, not anything to write home about, honestly. It's not, it's not like as good as it could have been, like, cause it's a bring a who frame Roger rabbit, which is a great movie. And then you don't deliver that kind of level of quality. Um, and then, but it wasn't like the worst movie I've ever seen either. Like it was just there. It exists kind of quality. I like, I like the movie names of stuff. I thought those were fun. Oh, that, yeah. Like a lot of it was just kind of, and the movie was meh. It had a lot of like specific bits that were like, oh, this is a funny bit. Like I liked Batman versus E.T., uh, Lego Miserables. Just like this, the movie names I thought were funny. Um, 
but yeah, like the, the plot was pretty basic. Like, and I guess, see, that's the thing is that if this really was just for kids and it's not though, that I would have given it a lot more slack, but it, this is clearly written for the millennial crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want to throw in a, a little more, yeah, at least like layers. Like I think one thing I'll say SpongeBob, they, they were good. Like, oh, as a kid, I can watch it and I didn't get all the jokes, but some of them are like wittier and, st- and then you don't get until you're older. My dad has watched it on his own. <laughs> He's just like watched SpongeBob. So it's just kind of like one of those things too. Like it doesn't have to be like, you know, like adult, adult humor, but, but just something that like, oh, you can kind of layer it where like kids can enjoy this. You might not understand everything, but you, but this is, you're you're doing you're playing to like a higher intel, intelligence of just like older people a bit um but yeah so then you have higher expectations when you are older though and if they don't follow through with that yeah it just it did not feel like it was written for kids honestly it but it felt like it was mostly written to bank on nostalgia mm-hmm. yeah like, and it's like i i mean i appreciate the nostalgic stuff i do um like you know the pog the butthead reference was pretty funny um you know uh like a lot of the the physical comedy jokes about how small they were those were pretty funny um but uh and by the way the double o uh dale stuff is a very very esoteric reference that only the like weirdest of people would get like you literally have to look up what they're referring to oh Uh, was it a thing so at the time at the same about the same time that chippendales rescue rangers was on screen um they uh disney was looking into maybe making double o duck and uh then they found out that double o was owned by ian fleming's estate so they couldn't do it so they scrapped it and then they came out with darkwing duck instead which oh. is based on the shadow. Um, and then, uh, but not actually like directly referencing it in any way. Uh, but then uh, the thing is though, is that there were a couple of episodes of Chippendale's Rescue Rangers where they brought back the uh, kind of the double O idea with Dale dressing up as like a suave, you know, spy type. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why he wears a, a top hat and, and tucks and cane. Uh, in in a couple of scenes is because that was uh, there and also the part where he gets shot and uh, Chip is like don't you prank me like this that's another thing that you probably wouldn't get unless you really 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 remember the TV show right um, <laughs> that he did prank him like that at one point um, but like honestly I like for the most part while I enjoyed the references I am really tired of Seth Rogen and his laugh. <laughs> I liked the Uncanny Valley stuff. I love the Uncanny Valley stuff because I hate Uncanny Valley. It was That was really funny. But then there's this huge plot hole. So he ha- Sweet Pete has this thing that can alter pe- cartoons appearances, right? And he the reason why he is doing this bootleg shit is because he he doesn't look young. He grew up. Mm-hmm. But um, he is a machine. To alter what you look like. Yeah. And it's like, okay, why not? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
it couldn't he make himself thin? Like, what is make the, himself young? Make him. What is the uh, the limits of this machine? We have no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it is kind of a problem with the with the bad guys storyline. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Because even when they were showing, like, oh, here are the different st- animation styles that you could look like when Chip and Dale were going through it. Like, it seems like you could kind of. Ch- and when his bo- when Sweet Pete's body got changed, and you know, like Wreck It Ralph and whatever other parts, it was just kind of like it seems like you could probably do whatever you want. Maybe you won't look like Peter Pan anymore, but you can change yourself to someone who's going to be wanted in a movie now. Like, uh. He, uh, and by the way, there's references in his entire body. His head is Fat Cat. His, um, one of his arms is Reddit Ralph. One of his arms is Shredder. And then the Mario Brothers, uh, cannon thing that shoots from both sides. Okay. One leg is a Transformer leg. And the other leg is Woody. That's his, that's his whole body. His, his chest is still Peter Pan. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, the body was still up. So, um, sorry, I was just hiding O2HO2 because it was too spammy. There were too many <laughs> chats in a row there. Uh, yeah, uh, the so, so you're right about that plot hole issue though. Like, why wouldn't you just change? Like, you could change into that. Actually, what you look like now, maybe someone who you could play a good villain in a bunch of movies. Um, but the Un- Uncanny Valley was probably my favorite. I hadn't watched the other Seth Rogen thing, but I thought it was an, a fun concept of like bringing in other characters he's voiced into talking and you know, making fun of the Uncanny Valley character that he was playing there. Uh, just as a, f- a fun bit. But um, I can't like in referencing Polar Express, man, I just remember thinking how terrifying that. Like I watched it, but like their children were so creepy. Like I hated that and it was such like a popular movie too and i know i watched it multiple times but like every time i was just scared (laughs) um to me it had a lot of the same problem that um ready player one has where it's just like we're gonna buy all the references in the world and not worry about making an actually good product so mad i love that book i really really enjoyed the book and the only thing I liked more in the in the movie was that they didn't kill off the oh I forget his name now the older Japanese boy because I'm someone who loves cheesy happily ever after endings like I don't mind if no one dies like if everyone makes it and everyone has their happy endings so like I love that no matter what so I was happy that he didn't die but everything else like just all you're missing out on all the great references to everything like you needed more D and D the Rush songs the and yeah, that they just like, well, we have Steven Spielberg or whatever all he, this, the, it was just like random zombie scene or something. And I was like, well, what is it like the, the things had points in the books. Like they just had like good references and meanings, uh, especially to, to, uh, what was the name? Anorak, uh, to the creator of it, to who loved eighties, who loved all that. Like it was just more impactful and, and it was, uh, one of my problems, though, with Ready Player One is that it takes place in the future, and the, the movie especially has this problem, though, is that no one came up with any new IPs between, like, when the movie came out and when the movie takes place. 
Like, there's nothing original except for what OG characters. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no new IPs were created? I find that hard to believe. You're talking about decades of time, right? Like, I just, I, I mean, I don't find that believable. And, like... And when I mentioned that to someone, they're like, well, uh, they did that. That was an issue in the book, too. And I was like, well, then that's an issue in the book, too. Like, I'm like, it's still a problem. If, like, now, if most of the plot of the book is centered around what the creator loved, that makes sense. But when it comes to, like, other people creating things, you know, and other parts of the virtual world that re- exists in Ready Player One, I don't, I don't believe that mm. new IPs don't exist. I just don't believe that's possible. Yeah, I know. And the book didn't like get to like delve into all of the different like because I think people could create different stuff too. I forget how that worked, um, but yeah, it was very much eighty. Like it was all eighty stuff. Like the the creator loved the eighties. He was really nostalgic for that. So like all the th- and that's what like the whole the whole. Um, scavenger hunt thing to to find it all like the all the references and everything were like 80s stuff like games and music and all that so that was very important but the whole world it's the virtual world um i think had everything so they could have had like plenty of current but i i guess though maybe the the real world was falling apart so maybe there were less new innovations and and things but uh i don't know i just like the thing is though is that like um even in like really see that the problem with ready player one though is that especially the movie though is that you have this corporate entity that has a lot of money and power Mm -hmm. they they like and supposedly there's maybe a couple of other companies like they're not trying they're not creating they have the content they have the the money and the time to create new content if they wanted to and i mean i i don't know that they would emphasize it necessarily that they would do it but i do think it would be like like i don't think it would be like their main money maker or whatever but you know they'd be probably the kind of people to go well uh every like you know we want to make a small new area that people to drive people to do this new money-making scheme so we're going to come up with a new idea for it like i could still see something like that happen yeah yeah you know that's fair i think maybe that existed just not in the because it was a first person book too so then and he was poor so he never got to explore everything until later on so like maybe maybe these things did exist throughout it and and just not in that's fair he only got different so yeah 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 because you don't have yeah you're seeing some other stuff happen but yeah because it was a, a first person and the whole thing was that like he's poor he's been stuck on the same school planet forever and then he eventually gets to travel but he was solely playing this game to like to try and win so he didn't get to explore just like random stuff though so but it's so yeah i don't know uh or it was just you know I'm not thinking of like yeah who knows what's going on between now and, and the future <laughs> so <laughs> um well anything else to uh chip and dale I did not like the detective. Yeah, Ellie. Yeah, didn't I, I thought their performance was pretty black. Yeah, it was like, was it intentional that it seemed like you're you're trying to perform? Like, I guess like you know you're you're 
not talking to any real people like you're the only human there on the scene so like i guess that could be hard was it intentional to kind of make it seem like you're on a children's show and in your performance was it unintentional i was trying to think of the muppets and how they talked um in the movie with with jason siegel and amy adams and like i think they still they didn't they didn't speak in the same like childlike way that ellie did uh yeah, so, so I... I think part of it had to do... I don't think she's that good of an actress. And I think part of it had to do with the fact that they were like, lean down, you know, crouch down. And by making her do that, she's she starts getting in this mindset that she's talking to like a three-year-old. <laughs> and it's like, like yeah. from her own physical position, that's what she thinks. And I'm like, mm, uh, <laughs> like... Generally, I didn't think she was very good. I'm not a very well-written character either, honestly. Um, she was mostly there for plot device. Mm-hmm, yeah, to make it like, oh, is she going to be the bad guy? And then like, nope. He was suspicious of like, my grandma recorded it all all this. And, and then it was just kind of like, oh, no, he was just wrong with, with Chip. <laughs> just thought that she was going to be bad and then wasn't. Um, the oh, I saw something in chat here. Um, oh, Kerstar was talking about like other examples where the book is as good as the movie Willow. I've never seen or read that one, but Princess Bride. Um, I've only seen the movie, but I've I liked it. Uh, which one? Oh, are we talking about Ready Player One here? He says I was not a huge fan, but also read the book and had many. Maybe it was Willow. Maybe it was which one made it all more whole. I. Uh... I've seen Willow. I didn't know it was a book, like because it felt like George Lucas ripping off the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Novels. What's it about? Um, this little person named Willow is trying trying to learn magic, and uh, he kind of. It's been a really long time since I've seen it, but um, and there's an evil queen who wants to use the force of a life force of a baby for some nefarious purpose. I can't quite remember what it is. And Val Kilmer and her daughter have this really awesome, actually, uh, love-hate relationship. Uh, and they so the daughter, Val Kilmer, who's like a, a, a bit of a knight type, uh, Willow, those three get together and they're, they're fighting the queen to... Uh, Save the baby's life. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, because the baby shows up where Willow is at home, and the elder tells him he has to take it somewhere. I can't remember where. Uh, it's 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 been way too long, but it, it it does feel very like basic MacGuffin kind of story mm-hmm. line, mm-hmm. but it's it's very well executed. Honestly, it's a very enjoyable movie. Um, Val Kilmer is great in it. Um, I can't remember the guy who plays Willow's name because I he's in everything though. Um, a chat will probably tell me, <laughs> but he's he was uh, one of the goblins in um, Harry Potter. He uh, oh, he was the little person everybody hired before Vern Troyer came along and um, Peter Dinklage. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Knocked him out of it, huh? Yeah, he did. Well, he also got old. He, <laughs> yeah, right. So he like, also I don't got know. older. <laughs> I mean, his sure Willow was pretty old at this 1988. point. 1988. Yeah. 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 
Also, Carasar, I my name and here is Steve Harrington because that's one of the characters in Stranger Things and one of the best characters. And he deserves to be treated a lot better than how they're writing him. <laughs> Eric got it. Yeah, he was also one of the uh, Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. That's oh, right. okay, okay. Yeah, Eric Anderson, Warwick Davis is the guy's name. Oh my god, that's right. He's the leprechaun. I forgot hey, about that. I was like, I know an Eric Anderson. Like, oh, this is the one I know. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Warwick Davis was the leprechaun in the leprechaun series. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Huh, see? Yeah, he got all the good parts until that Peter Dinklage. Um, yeah, well, we talked about Stranger Things. We talked about um, Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers. I do want to watch the show now. I kind of want to see what the show is about um, and be nothing like the movie. Okay, so it's on Disney+, Plus, but... Yeah. I gotta tell you, the description of the show that they put on Disney Plus is clearly written by someone who's never seen the show. It says, Chip and Dale head a small group of animal characters who monitor the human and animal communities. Is that not what it's about? Because <laughs> I did read that. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, that is, they were... It, it, it calls them gumshoes in the song, for fuck's sake. They were private eyes. This, the, the song tells you everything you need to know about the show. It's like, um, uh, some crimes uh, slip through the cracks, but these two gumshoes are picking up the slack. Yeah, they literally, yeah. like, no, there's no case too big, no case too small. It is literally in the, in the opening lines of the song. It's about a group of fucking an, like animals who solve crimes. Detectives. Animal detectives. Yes. Yeah. They're detectives. Like, like what? How is, why is that the description? Of <laughs> who wrote this? It's like, this is written by some Zoomer who's never seen the show. Yeah. And even play the opening. <laughs> I just saw like a screenshot of it. Like, well, I think this is what it's about. So I'll write this. That's funny. Or it's a uh, bot. A bot wrote it. Oh yeah. <laughs> they just have AI trying to figure that it wasn't a good AI. Uh well, I I was gonna say, I know so I forget who it was who mentioned chat here, and they mentioned it last week too, or someone else did about the black phone. So then I saw that in theaters and I was like, oh, that's something like maybe I should watch that for next week. And then I saw today is the last day that it's in theaters in my area. So have to wait and see if uh it comes out online somewhere soon. But the Thor, I think the new Thor just came out, right? So maybe that's something that we should uh, watch and talk about next week. Everyone's already complaining about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. I haven't read anything specific, but I did not have high hopes at all. So, um, even especially the trailer for after watching that trailer before too, it was pretty lame. I think I watched like a fan trailer, um, at first and didn't realize it was a fan made one and then watched the real one. I'm like, Oh, this one is much less epic than that fan made one that was like a, a fake film um so i i kind of i'm honestly i honestly got mad when in when watching the trailer and they blow his clothes off um, uh, 
Like, I honestly was angry because I just remember how Chris Hemsworth said, I don't want to do the shirtless thing for Ragnarok. It was was a relief that it wasn't in the script. And I'm like, dude, stop overworking these assholes. Like, I can't, uh, like, I can't imagine how much pain these actors put their bodies through for these stupid shirtless scenes. I just Mm -hmm. don't, like, listen, I like a sexy man body as much as the next straight woman but it's not even realistic Mm, or gay guy but it's not even realistic like it's not realistic uh sexy guys so i'm i'm sort of like like they constantly go on about how like oh that's not how real women look women yeah that's not how real men look (laughs) that's ridiculous so i'm like I'm, i'm getting real tired of that i'm like i don't like you could look at pictures of male models and be just as satisfied. <laughs> like, I don't need Thor to be sure. To see it. Yeah. yeah. You, you mentioned before too, how they, cause I wasn't aware until you had first said it about them dehydrating themselves to, which I don't really understand how it works, but it makes their skin tighter oh, okay. to make their muscles seem more defined. Now, um, Zac Efron did some movie where they were like, he's got a dad bod and he was still in shape. He was hairy because that's the thing. They always make these guys wax, which also is not real. Uh, And he wasn't dehydrated for the scene. So it's not like he was fat. He he was just not. And it was like, you think that's what a dad bod looks like. And that's still like a 10 level torso. (laughs) And the torsos you're used to seeing now. What dads are you looking at? Yeah, really. Like the the torsos these people are now used to seeing on men from TV, from movies and TV are like 12s. And it's like, those don't exist in the real world. The the hell these men had to put themselves through. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me that like, we've raised the bar so fucking high Mm. on what we consider sexy that people are yeah. literally dehydrating themselves and starving themselves. Even though we're going the other way for women now too, where it's just like you've got the the uh, body positive thing, so then you have a lot less, you know, super hot women yeah. on on and films and TV shows and stuff. But like the guys, either going to be like the the doofus overweight you know dad or husband or whatever or you're gonna have to be like super hot guy still i think that we they need to show realistic sexy bodies like i am totally fine with sexual actors and scenes and everything but i do want them to be realistic like a woman should have a slight pooch to her stomach because women do (laughs) when they're healthy uh men should not have their at their individual muscles be so well defined like that's too far but then saying this fat lady is 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 not accurate either (laughs) yeah because i just uh, outside of like uh, you know the, the people with certain <laughs> fetishes or or whatever other you know like just things that you you enjoy more. I they're lying to others and to themselves though when they're trying to say like certain people are like oh like oh she's sexy she's hot like 
you just know that like they, some, you know, I'm not saying that you have to be like the, the most model looking thing, but, but ones that are like, here's this very obese person and that looks very unhealthy and all that, like, you know, that that's not going to be, uh, I'll say, I guess like in older, olden times when more weight meant wealth, then that's when people are like, oh, you're attractive because like you, that means that you have money. And um, so that part I get, but that's also just not necessarily a thing today. In fact, you know, the, the poorer you are, you might be eating less healthy foods and and fast food and stuff. So definitely. Well, and the, and the thing is though, is that like this, I, I'm not going to say that it's impossible for anyone who's like outside of the healthy weight, Thing to be considered sexy like because sex, se- what is sexy is um very subjective mm-hmm. uh, for the most part um but except for the fact that most people are attracted to symmetry in a person's face and a healthy weight like yeah most people like it's generally the rule that those two things are the things people find attractive <laughs> now i do think that window dressing that's what I call like makeup and hair and clothing have a lot to do with first impression uh, thoughts on attractiveness. Um, unless you're smart enough to look past it. Uh, Cause like, yeah, a lot of people think that, Oh, it's that joke, that Hollywood joke. She wears glasses. She's so ugly. Like oh, yeah. one of that, not another teen movie. Like, Oh, not her. She wears a ponytail paint covered overalls. Like the idea that like, some people are fooled by that kind of shit. Like they are like, that is a thing. But, um, and, and the thing is those that like some women literally put on so much makeup that they change the, the shape of their actual do, like, structure. Contouring and all that too. Then mm-hmm. I think that's something that like one guys, a lot, a lot of times too, will be bad at like, Oh, I've seen old, like, uh, tweets or whatever though and or it's just like taylor swift looks so great without makeup and then a lot of girls are like no she has makeup on like this it's just like the natural looking makeup but so just a lot of people who are like oh your expectation that was you know that is something for, as a child too that's tough i'm like wow these people are so pretty and i'm not that at all but then like also learning later on like oh like no they're wearing a lot of makeup that i didn't realize that they were and and then you know adult guys will do the same thing too and just not realize they're like oh then you have higher expectations now and so I don't think that that's always that great I don't mind makeup and stuff but I think it's just kind of like also understanding that like hey there's there's stuff that you put on to like look a certain way like even on tv but then also understanding that like having realistic expectations of what people look like I think so you can have both but they just don't well, and one of the reasons why people who work on in TV and films wear so much makeup is because they're under such harsh lighting to get, the, yeah. you know. So it's like, I, I to some extent, I get it, you know. Like you, you literally are under those lights. I used to do stage plays, and I mm-hmm. had to, I had to wear foundation. You wear otherwise I would get washed out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as I got older, I was like, fuck it. I don't care if I was washed out. I'm not wearing it. And <laughs> yeah, I never did for stage though, too. Cause I'm like, oh, my skin's like tan enough. Like it didn't really affect me much. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm pale. I am. Uh, and I, I, I think 
I I don't wear makeup now even. I don't mm-hmm. I just hate makeup so much. I know you wear makeup, but I, I hate the way it feels on my skin and everything. So I don't I never wear it. Um I don't uh I especially don't like it around my eyes. Like ugh. <laughs> Oh, see, like I don't like it on my face at all. I do I? I'm too insecure to not have makeup on for like public appearances. But uh, but like on the face and stuff too. Like I know my cheeks are always like I don't wear blush or anything. This is just my my cheeks naturally. I think sometimes it's the weather or like a, during warmer months. It just I don't know if it's rosacea or something else. But like, but it just comes and goes sometimes. Um, and especially when it's hot, then it'll always be pink. But like, I never wear anything on my face and because uh, like I touch it too much and I never understood too, because like when you're putting foundation or whatever things on, it's just like, uh, I, I like, I always looks different. I'm like, I can see it. Like I can see that I have something on here and I don't know. I never learned how to like blend and all. And I'm like, this is too much work. And when I've seen videos of people on online doing it, I'm like, wow, this is, you need all these brushes. You need all these, like the different things. Like I, I, I go as simple as I can. I don't think I've, yeah, I, I buy like cheap stuff when I do ever buy like anything for the eyes. It's just like $4 eyeliner or whatever. And um, yeah, but like people will spend like hundreds of dollars on like tiny little bottles of things. And I'm just like, no, it's not that important to me. It's expensive, which I don't have that expense. And it's a time sink. So I don't have that time sink. That's my thought on it. Like, I, and it was funny though, because someone, when I was a kid and like really young and my mom was teaching me how to wear makeup and everything. And one of the things she said is, so you, you do stuff to make your eyes look bigger. And I was like, my eyes are huge. Why am I making my eyes look bigger? <laughs> And then it was like, oh, and you put on lipstick to make your your lips pop. And I'm like, I'm pale. My lips are really pink. I think I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I I don't think I need it. And then also it it messes with your, if you, especially depending on the type of skin you have, it messes with your skin. And um, it actually does age you because it's sit especially if you wear it before you're 25 it like sits in your your pre-wrinkles and deepens them so it it can make you look older premature um and then you need more (laughs) yeah yeah and you just keep adding oh i mean guess that makes sense too maybe that they're adding that in there too that you're like oh we're gonna keep you like coming back like a drug you need need sunscreen moisturizer and to keep your face clean and your your skin will relatively look good, like for a really long time. And that goes for men too. It's moisturizer. I don't do that. Like, it's my lotion. If it's sort of moisturizing. Oh, hang on a sec. Oh, I think of okay. The geese are freaking out, but I think it's just another low plane that they're getting scared of. Uh, it's a loud plane, but uh. Yeah, I just use lotion. Am I not doing it right? I think it's a moisturizing lotion because I have dry skin, but I've never used like a thing called moisturizer. Should I be? I I use a dry skin cream, uh, but I'm in a very dry environment. Oh, yeah, yeah. And okay. I already, I already have naturally dry skin. Me so. too. I mean, that's what, so the lotion, I use like a vino stuff. So then it like... Uh, it seems to be okay. Yeah, it should. And I mean, it shouldn't be too bad. You still look relatively like 
well moisturized. I think we've gone so yeah, far really. off topic. I know. <laughs> That's okay though. People are they're talking about makeup in chat too. I like but there's also all guys in chat who <laughs> probably don't wear makeup. Um Papana said earlier too, uh oh that he's completely fine with unrealistic bodies when it comes to anime slash comics. Me too. You know what? I'm totally okay, especially, yeah, like the, their cartoons. So I don't mind seeing like gigantic uh, muscular people that are unrealistic or like very feminine looking bodies. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that either. They're cartoons, they're comics. They don't, they don't have feelings. They don't, they're not physically stressed out from the things that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Their bodies. <laughs> right. Physics doesn't always bother them in a lot of things, though, so it's it's fine. Um, <laughs> I don't understand what Kiers are saying here. It says Beverly might need to stand under a thunderstorm for a bit. Alex looks too delicate to be under Niagara Falls. I don't know what those mean. I, I think it's about us having dry skin. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just like, are these insults or? <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess I don't know. I'm just assuming that a lot of these are guys. Maybe you're females. I have no idea. Bye, Sato. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I had the other talk. I wanted to talk about internet personalities, but I'm kind of wiped out on that. And it's not like anything pertinent either. So we can talk about that either, but, uh, I'll talk about that next week. I mean, um, or at some point, but, uh, as far as next week, I think we'll trace Thor also, uh, and again, at some point, the black phone, it is a horror movie. Alex and I like those. So we should see I'll see if it comes out anywhere online. The other thing, too, we've got a suggestion. And you and anyone else can throw out suggestions of what we should watch, play, review. Um, it was Scream Queens. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. It's on Hulu. I've seen it before. So it's not new, but like we could do new and old stuff together. But it is a fun horror comedy show um so so that was a suggestion thrown out and if you're interested it's two i think it's only two seasons and i never made a third one but it has uh emma roberts kiki palmer the one blonde girl that i always forget her name but um she's the main character there's a lot of blondes in hollywood i can't help you <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. She, yeah she was in the duff she played the one of the best friends in the duff but i just she, but i don't know she's pretty but i don't remember her name i have seen that movie oh okay duff. yeah she's the blonde friend in the duff uh may whitman's the the blonde friend who's not yeah the not hispanic one <laughs> but i don't remember anyone's names in it i do like the movie but uh so, so that's her so she's the main character in season one of Scream Queens and then Kitty Palmer is like the best friend. And then, then she's this main character in season two because the blonde girl <laughs> doesn't return. Um, but yeah, so we can watch that. If, if, uh, since two seasons, it doesn't have to be next week, I'm just saying. So throw that out. We'll watch that in the future. I'll start it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Johnny Boy Quick Trust says Samurai Cop. Okay. I have not seen that. Um, let's see. Samurai Cop. First season is good. Second season confusing. Of awesome one says that is that of Scream Queens. I'm not sure, but uh, okay, yeah. If you guys have any suggestions, throw them out. Um, and I think we can call it a night here. <laughs> Definitely have uh, gone off on some tangents and things, which I don't mind. But I'm a bit rambly now. 
Um, any last words about the to- the the two the show and movie, Alex? Considering how like much I was looking forward to watching Chippendales Rescue Rangers, I know you were last week. You were so excited, and I'm sad it did to not hold up to my yeah. expectations. <laughs> I mean, and for me, because I went in with no expectations at all. So I was just like, oh, this is fun. But yeah, so maybe it helped having just like very low, a low bar. So, but I'm sad that you're, that you, you came out like, yeah. It was just eh, not as true as it driven. It started off strong, I think. Yeah. 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 I think it did too. If it, yeah. Maybe it should have had more of a, building their relationship thing back and and it just wasn't as strong of them like having to figure things fix things between each other so uh tom hancock outlaw just asked if i'm feeling better no i know she's feeling worse worse yeah (laughs) unfortunately Oh, and Motown did send me a bunch of messages to tell you that he is simping slash subbing slash adult babying from afar. Oh, and inselling. I am unsure how to do any of those, but gosh damn it, doesn't mean I won't try. Why is he messaging you? I don't know. (laughs) He said gosh darn it. I don't know why he messaged me, but he did. Is it to tell me that he's the one who suggested Scream Queens too? So <laughs> weird. Okay. Well, thanks, Motown. You're still the worst. Um, but uh, <laughs> why don't you message Alex? He's just not even talking to me anymore. Uh, okay. So Samurai Cop got that. Well, thank you, Chat, and thank you, Alex, as always. Anything by Neil Breen says Johnny Boy Quickjaw. I don't know what he's done, but I will look into it. Isn't Neil Breen the guy who makes those really shitty movies? Like, isn't he like infamous for it? You want us to watch? Is, is that who that is? Yeah. Are we going to talk about bad movies here? Because I'm all for that. I just watched. What did we just watch? Just a few. Um. Uh. We should talk about choose or die maybe you can watch that next week we can talk about that bad movie it's a netflix movie choose or die die. there's a a stalker in the house that's on amazon prime and i watched that was terrible there's a lot of stalker movies huh neil bream is who i'm thinking of he is the guy who is notoriously known for really really bad movies okay Uh, okay all right the kind of movies that you do like a a mystery science 3k kind of experience for well i like the acronym of so bad it's good spig yeah like that is what yeah i watch well i watch a lot of things that are so bad that it's still bad but we watch them anyway and or like the ones that are just like really mediocre i'm like ah this could have been really bad to make it fun and it was just bland um the resort watch that on hulu the other day that was meh so yeah i'm all about let's do some bad movie talks too though we'll look up neil breen so thor uh and then something else we'll see we'll see what happens samurai cop neil breen we'll look into it but uh thank you guys uh our ladies and gents or anyone in between e page again i saw uh, it played um the Umbrella Academy, like it played the Netflix to like show show whatever ad for it, and I saw I'm like, oh, there's there's E Page looking not much 
different or like sounding not much different than than I've seen ePage before. So <laughs> good thing they changed that character to whatever the previous. I'm just trying to avoid any sort of genders here. <laughs> uh, Papana Carter is on vacation. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, is that what we're asking? Where? Where's Carter? Ugh, you miss him? He's on vacation. Who knows when? I think he's coming back on Monday. Yeah, nothing tomorrow. Monday, I think we're having narrative dissonance. I don't remember. I think Carter talked about it, but I don't listen to him. Um, I'm pretty sure he's back on Monday. Uh, well, I, I finished uh, uh, Fossil Future today. Oh, yeah, okay. I did. Um, it's very short book so oh, nice okay so we, i don't think we ever came up with a date for that no but... we still don't have a date <laughs> so I as soon as i have a date there will be a, a storm of quotes from it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'll let you guys know when that's supposed to happen um yeah we'll talk to carter <laughs> uh yeah next week is narrow distance no 451 um should be a rebel civics and then probably Dangerous Thoughts, and then we're back to TMR. Um, yep. <laughs> the, the, and the times are on the website. I'm tired. So, fare thee well, everyone, and I uh, have a good night. Thank you, Alex, again, as per usual. Um, thank you, Johnny Boy, Caresar, Zato, everyone else in chat. Um, in Motown, even though he's from afar. Uh, yeah. Have a good night, guys. Thanks. And credits. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server, which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production does not meet WHO health and safety standards. Please report to a United Nations sanitization center immediately. Association with the following individuals is strictly prohibitive. Experts who benefit from printing money agree that printing money does not cause price inflation. Trust me, just two more weeks to slow the spread of monkeypox. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited.
Computer voice, Curtis. Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.